WrestleMania because, you know, just like the slogan for 36, uh, there's two nights of it. What was the slogan they went with? It's so big, we need two nights for it. I think that's, that's right. But uh, the granddaddy of them all needs two nights to get moving. <laughs> um, like we said, uh, since we thought, and I'm using that loosely, that WrestleMania 36 was going to be a train wreck. Some good things happened. I mean, quick mention, uh, Cena versus Bray, even though it wasn't a match, it had a good segment. Uh, Edge and... Uh, I almost said Edge and Christian. Edge <laughs> Edge and uh, Orton had a uh, long but good match. He told the story. And then, yeah. and then the Boneyard match, which I will say was kind of a little cheesy for me, especially with AJ Styles talking. Um, but Undertaker looked awesome. I like the shit talking. I feel like that made it half of it. Well, AJ Styles is just funny because he's like, I'm AJ Styles and I, y- y- Michelle McCool it did, stole my move. I'm not- Come on, old man. Come on. And then like, like 10, 15 minutes later, where are you going, boy? <laughs> he's like, what are you sorry about? I'm sorry. He's like, <laughs> that shit cracked me up. He was like saying sorry and shit. He like just couldn't move anymore. And and there was a lot of heat, uh, not heat, but more like people bitching like usual on the internet. They're like, oh, they stole from Matt Hardy. Let me bring this back a little bit. Boiler room matches uh, was a thing where Undertaker had a lot of uh, taped segments back in the day. Not as... <laughs> Yeah, not as good as what they what they did in that boneyard, but like enough for uh to do it first. So I'm tired of hearing. Even though Matt Hardy did really good with those deletion things, stop trying to say that Matt Hardy did it first because he took something Matt Hardy and made it better. Yeah, there's also the Hollywood backlot brawl between Goldust and Piper, mm-hmm. and then. Not to mention that, but really, you should consider pretty much every empty arena match yep. a match like that because it's filmed the exact same way. There's just guys fighting in some area, and you just follow it, and there might be certain camera shots set up, like, you know, predetermined already or something. So uh, this podcast, uh, Joe Cronin, that I listened to, he brought up a good point. Because we're living in weird times with the pandemic, and since Vince likes to make things for the kids and stuff, yeah. w- w- what if Vince came out and he's like, we're in the alternate universe. And like, you have all these like weird uh, videotape segments like the Bray and Cena thing and all that stuff where it's high, yeah. highly produced. I-, I wouldn't mind that. I mean, I think there still should be like wrestling matches, but like... More, more produced shit would make it reasonable and make me want to watch it instead of just watching. Here's the thing uh, in WrestleMania, because they put on their A game, especially with Rhea Ripley and Charlotte, uh, a lot of grunting. You could hear the grunting and stuff like loudly because there's nobody in the stands. I was going to say that actually when I was watching these matches, uh, I was able to pay more attention to the selling because of that, and then you realize just how far they get into it. Mm-hmm. 
you know, because they're making all those audible noises, especially in the Edge and Orton match. Like they were selling like crazy. Yeah. Like when when Orton, I remember like when, the thing that stuck out to me most is like when Edge concertoed Orton. Mm. I fucking loved that whole sequence. By the way, it was like he he didn't want to do it to him. <laughs> yeah. And he, he was really torn up about it. And then he did it anyway. And then Orton sold it. It was, like, amazing. He was, like, convulsing. And he was making, like, these choking gasps. Like, he was just about to fucking die. Well, I, I like when uh, Edge, like, hit him with the chair. And, like, he dropped the chair. He, you just hear Edge breathing heavy. <laughs> yeah. I was like, that was pretty cool. Um Refresh my mind. Did Braun win the championship? Is that a thing? Yeah, he uh, he won it off Goldberg. Wow, <laughs> what a moment! I guess <laughs> it's yeah. I've heard all kinds of weird stories about the stuff with Goldberg. There's like all these rumors going around that he's got heat on him or something. Uh, and like I don't I don't know what's going on, <laughs> but apparently I've... he. Uh, there's a rumor going around that he convinced WWE to take the title off Bray and give it to him in their match. What? And, and, and Bray went along with it because he's just trying to be a team player or something. That's and I think now they're like kind of regretting that. <laughs> Imagine to have Bray like beat Braun. That would be that would be funny actually. I I wouldn't mind it because. I don't think Braun Strowman's a believable world champion right now. He's just not booked good. Mm -hmm. Bray is, in my opinion, you can put it on him because he fucking beats people. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But other than that, some things were good in WrestleMania 36. Um, It's on the WWE Network. It was actually on Fight TV, by the way. Yeah, I heard about that. So I'm guessing, like, in in future events, we might be seeing more WWE in, on Fight TV. And if that's the case, I don't know. I kind of like the 999. If they're still going to put the pay-per-views on there, I'll, I'll still keep WWE Network. Yeah, same here. I, I just, I wish they would fucking redesign it again. I still think this new design is, like, awful. I can't stand it. Mm-hmm. It gives me so many problems. I'm still having that issue where, like, if I try to fast-forward or rewind too much, the player just shits itself, and I have to start the friggin' video over. (laughs) It's dumb. Maybe it's just a PS4 thing. I don't know. I got one quick news before we uh, go into our best WrestleManias, but uh, I didn't watch AEW last night, but I heard that Jericho's going to be on commentating for a while of the tape shows. Huh. I guess that's because JR is not there. And I don't blame him. Don't move JR. He's let, let him stay home. He's old. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. So uh, if you want some good, funny commentary between him and Tony, uh, him and Tony, then not Tony Khan, Tony Shivani. For some uh, reason, I kept thinking about him when you said that. I'm like, no, he's talking about Shivani. But every time you said Tony, I'm like, Khan? No. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. But yeah, it's going to be great. <laughs> So uh, keep an eye on that. But let's get into our best WrestleManias. I picked WrestleMania 24. Zach picked WrestleMania 17. So we're going to start off with WrestleMania 24. Um, Well, you said best. I thought it was our favorites. Oh, yeah, favorites. I'm sorry. (laughs) I still still think this is the best one, but yeah. (laughs) Um, I didn't like the intro of... (laughs) 
of WrestleMania 24, where, like, they had these, like, weird, like, around the world, like, um, showing the best moments and stuff. Like, there was, like, this, uh... <laughs> random people like sitting outside with the little antenna bunny uh tv watching like andre the giant uh get slammed by hulk hogan this was in 24 right yeah this is really confusing to me because you know what 17 had kind of a similar opener mm -hmm. but i don't know it, for some reason i just feel like it was done better <laughs> yeah but, but uh, i don't know i, I kind of don't pay attention to that stuff uh, they had Raven from, not Raven, like, uh... Raven Simone, I think is her name, or whatever. Yeah, do the national anthem and stuff, and I was like... I thought that was John Legend. Oh, yeah, John, she introduced John Legend? See, I don't pay attention to this stuff. <laughs> no, John Legend opened the show, and mm. he did the thing on the piano, and he sang, yeah, America song. Yeah. <laughs> Raven Simone was on the show later. Oh, yeah. Just saying, hey guys, there's an attendance. We set an attendance record, and then Kim Kardashian was also on the show. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, I don't remember that. Like, <laughs> oh, I didn't see the show, but I don't remember remember talking that. I was just like, okay. <laughs> Since you brought up Kim Kardashian, um, she did an interview. I forgot who it was with, but back to the attendance thing. If you noticed, they like zoomed up on her face when you're like, oh, 70,000 people. And like, she stopped talking and you could tell there was an earpiece in there. And then like, she like, oh yeah, very big. <laughs> and I was like, very big. <laughs> yeah. I was like, that's big. It's very big. I'm like, what the? <laughs> I, I I get, I bet you, Madam Money, Vince McMahon is like, say very big. <laughs> Make it sound believable, damn it. It's either that or it was Kevin Dunn, whichever. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I thought that was really odd. <laughs> Speaking of odd, the first match, the opener. So if you remember, I don't know if you were watching this by this time, Zach. But Vince McMahon came out and said that Hornswoggle was his son. I, I remember this stupid storyline. This was one of the... Uh, this was part of a continuing trend where, in my opinion, the storylines were starting to get like kind of dumb. Mm -hmm. And uh, like this was one of the ones where I was like, "This is so fucking stupid." Back then, I think I was starting to get turned off to the product around this time, and that was like, what, or I did already, and that was one of the reasons why I didn't see this WrestleMania. I think. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the hype video for this is ridiculous. It's so over the top. Yeah, because JBL was like, I got proof that he's not your son. He's Fit Finley's son. How did he get that proof? I don't know. Don't care. Don't give a and fuck. Also, why does he hate Hornswoggle so much? Because he's a bully. He's like just a he's like a midget. <laughs> I know that's not politically correct anymore, but like he's a little person. <laughs> so just you just hate little people? What does your... he like that? Does he like that song? Short people got no reason to live. <laughs> but uh, what do you think of like Finley and Hornswoggle being a thing? Did you did you mind that, or did, were you just like, oh, it's Vince trying to pair two Irish people or uh, an Irish guy with a little midget to make it look like a leprechaun? I think the thing with Finley was he came in before Solo, 
And Finley is a really good wrestler, mm-hmm. but in terms of a personality, he doesn't really have much of one. Of course, I don't think he needs one. He, I, in my opinion, he's just one of those guys that says, I'm going to whip your ass. And that's what he does. He whips ass. Yes. And um, I think Vince just thought he was kind of plain and maybe oh, we'll, we'll jazz him up with like a leprechaun and he, we can make it part of his heel act. And for a little bit, that was part of his heel act. And it, I didn't hate it. Uh, I thought it was kind of interesting, if a bit weird. I just, um, I just never cared. I mean, I respected Finley as a wrestler because he is good. Yeah. Uh, but like when they did this gimmick and all that stuff, and I was like, I, this just shows me like Vince just does not, he wants a personality in there. And I get it. That's yeah. why they put Hornswoggle. But you really didn't need to. Like, you don't need to. He was still a mid-carder, uh, Finley, in this. But, like, you don't need to put it, make him a joke with the midget is what I'm trying to say. I think it helped get him over, though, honestly. I think it did actually endear him to, like, more fans, which is weird. Well, it worked, I guess. Mm-hmm. But – just from a personal taste standpoint, yeah, I, I liked it better when they were healed together, and then when they turned a baby face, I was like, this is just, like, lame. It just <laughs> weird. Uh, this was a no-disqualification match, right? Because they were just, like, weapons and shit. Yeah, they call it a Belfast brawl, and then they do this all the fucking time. No DQ is one of Vince's banned phrases, uh, apparently, and if you notice this, he always wants to rename something and call it something else when it's basically a no DQ match. Yep. First, it was a street fight or a hardcore match. Like they call it, they start calling it a hardcore match, and then they started saying street fight, even though they had hardcore matches, even though that's the same fucking thing. <laughs> and then they're like Chicago street fight, and it's like, what's Chicago about it? It just takes place in Chicago. And, and then now they got Belfast Brawl, and this uh, they've done a bunch of other ones. And I'm like, just fucking call it no disqualifications. Why are you being stupid? I wrote in my notes, like how I brought about Hornswoggle. I said, why did Hornswoggle? I mean, I guess because of the storyline. But every time I saw his face, I was like, stupid. <laughs> stupid. Dumb. <laughs> but every time, like, the match was happening, I was like, when they were hitting each other with all those items and shit, I was like, wow, it's very stiff shots and all that stuff. They were, yeah, they were going at it. They were throwing some blows, especially JBL. I think they just said ahead of time, hey, we're going to like throw some bombs. And it's like, all right. Mm-hmm. Dave Finley is one of those guys. I, I know that's probably how he came up. But Bradshaw, I know, is known for once in a while for being kind of stiff, too. Yeah. And so. I th- there was one thing. I think... Finley was going for a dive, or it was maybe vice versa, through the ropes on the outside, and like <laughs> he took like a garbage can and like chucked it at him. It was yeah. Finley was doing a suicide dive, and and JBL grabbed a, I think it was a trash can lid, and he smacked him on the head with it when he in the middle of the dive, and it was like fuck. That was awesome. And the fans actually, like, sold this match really well. Because, like, every step shot, you just heard a, ooh, like, audible. Like, the whole crowd doing that. Yeah, I think part of it was just because they were going all in on all their shit. Mm-hmm. Other than that, I also wrote down that uh, J- I love JBL's clotheslines. I think he's one of the best clotheslineers, <laughs> wrestlers that are out there. Lariat. Lariat. Because <laughs> he... 
he fucking puts his arm out there and just decks you. Wham! Swing, yeah. So that's uh, all. That's all I have. So what do you have on your notes? I want to say that spot where JBL gets mad and throws the trash can down at Hornswoggle was also <laughs> really funny. Yeah, <laughs> I laughed at that. I, I actually made me feel kind of bad for him mm-hmm. because he was just randomly assaulting him multiple times through the match. <laughs> <laughs> that one, I was like, wow, it's just, he fucking nailed him. Didn't he slap Poor him? Guy. Yeah, he, he like slapped him or punched him or some shit too. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the, the finish to this match. Uh, it's like Finley grabbed the stairs and then he tried to hit JBL while he was laying on the ground. But JBL picks up a kendo stick and he, he hits Finley on the ankle with it. It causes Finley to drop it and he stumbles. And when he stumbles, his head hits the stairs. <laughs> and then when he gets up, he's wham, clothesline, he's done. I was like, I like that. That was kind of, that was good. That was a little clever touch. I don't know if a lot of people caught that that's what happened, but that's definitely what happened. Yeah, like I said, I said, if it didn't have this stupid storyline of it with Hornswoggle, I think this would have been an okay uh, opener. Yeah, I, I thought it was a good opener anyway. I, like, I didn't mind that, like, I was able to kind of tune that part of it out. I mean, Swoggle doing his, they're, he, you know, they're making the camera shots go to him. He was mugging, which that's what they're telling him to do. Mm. And. I don't know. I, I, I that that's part of it didn't really bother me that much. So what'd you give it? I gave it a seven point twenty five out of ten because it this match surprised me because I was like I remember before, like my opinion of JBL overall was kind of split. Uh, like I liked him when he became that character and I like I thought his on character and his performance and stuff like that was greatly improved. Mm-hmm. But like his matches, in my opinion, were really hit and miss. It really depended on who he's who he was fighting, and I don't know. I figured this would be one of those where it wouldn't be that good, and I was wrong. Yeah, his matches with John Cena, Cena, uh, Cena, uh, are really really good. I think there are a couple that are miss, especially the ones that get closer to his retirement. Yeah, but like. I don't know. I kind of did never liked the JBL character. I always liked him in APA and um, when he was part of the ministry and all that stuff. Well, he did his job. He made you hate him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he he sure did make me hate him. <laughs> um, second match, Money in the Bank. Oh, oh, what did you rate it? You didn't say what you rated it. Oh, it was seven seven point zero out of ten. Okay. Let me bring up the card so, because the Money in the Bank has like a million people in it. <laughs> I got it wrote down here. Okay, so who's in the Money in the Bank? You got John Morrison, C- Carl Ito, or Carlito, <laughs> uh, Shelton Benjamin, CM Punk, Mr. Kennedy, MVP, and Chris Jericho. Oh, yeah, I forgot about uh, back to Kim Kardashian. She was interviewing uh, Mr. Kennedy. And yeah, that was like a really awkward interview. <laughs> Mr. Kennedy! And then he has to repeat it again. Kennedy! That's, I, I didn't like, I never liked when he did that. That reminded me of like when J- Jack Swagger started. Remember when he used to say he was the all-American American? Yeah. Then he starts saying, I'm the all-American, American, American. 
<laughs> Why are you saying it three times? You look like an idiot. Because that's probably Vince being like, yeah, it's funny to say it three times to piss people off. It's got to be. Yeah. Also, I, ha- I have to take back what I said about Ken Anderson. He was in better shape back then. I, I remember we were talking about how he was looking recently on NWA. I was like, he's got kind of gut now. But then I, I think I said, I don't ever really remember him being in particularly good shape. I was wrong. Mm-hmm. Ken, you need to go on a diet, brother. You need to work out a little bit or some shit. <laughs> um, right off the bat, I want to say Shelton Benjamin was crazy as a motherfucker back then. Oh, yeah. He made a lot of these early Money in the Bank matches. It was always like... To me, it seemed like the Shelton Benjamin highlight reel match for a while until he left. Hmm. It was until John Morrison got in the mix too. Then he started doing that shit too, and it was like, "All right, Shelton, what are we gonna do?" And he just there's like three or four spots that are focused on him in this match. Mm-hmm. Um, Chris Jericho, he. he I knew he was there, and there were some things that were cool with him, especially when he was doing the Walls of Jericho on top of a ladder. Yeah. Uh, but he seemed absent through most of it. He was not in a lot of this match, yeah. He was like that guy that was selling on the floor most of the time. Mm-hmm. I also want to point out that the weird coincidence, Chris Jericho was Intercontinental Champion on both of these WrestleManias that we watched. <laughs> hey. <laughs> He, I would want to say Chris Jericho is probably one of the best Intercontinental Champions. Uh, yeah, he's up there definitely just for number of reigns. Uh, I don't, I'd have to look at that more in depth because mm-hmm. a lot of people want to equate number of times wins means you're the best. No, that's not, that's not always the case. <laughs> but yeah, I would call him one of the better ones. Yes. Yeah. Um. This is when this is early when CM Punk uh, started getting big, right? Going for those uh, main event runs and all that shit, especially with yeah, Money. I, I believe he was still in ECW maybe at this time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they said he won, and there was a big win for ECW. Yeah. So this was still when Punk could kind of wrestle his more of his indie style a little bit. You can see that here. John Morrison, uh, what? He was a tag team champion with was that with with the Miz during this time? Uh yeah. Yeah, so Dirt. Miz was not on the show. No. And thank God, because I hated Miz back then. Actually, he might have been in that battle royal. There was a battle royal that aired. <laughs> oh yeah, with uh Kane winning it. Yeah, Kane. It was for the ECW title, yeah. So Miz was probably in that. <laughs> uh yeah. Oh yeah, I gotta say something about this match. Uh, I wrote down is they. This is back when they had the separate commentary teams for each show, so it's like you got ECW a third show, and another two man commentary booth. Thank God they were still doing two back then on each one. <laughs> but in this match, they felt the need to connect all three booths into the commentary, and then now you have six people on commentary. It was fucking stupid. I hated it. Yeah, and JR was on this uh, commentating team, and uh, at certain times, he was good, but you could tell, he, uh, I guess maybe Vince was getting in his ear a lot, where he just didn't seem himself. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I think this is when Vince was really starting to get in their ear. I also think JR was taking more of a break in this match, because <laughs> if you notice, he stayed a lot more quiet in this one, and in another segment we're going to get to later, and I could figure out why. Mm. 
But if you could already know that a lot of money in the banks or ladder matches and stuff, there's a spot fest, and this was spot fest galore. And like I said before, Benjamin uh, Shelton Benjamin did some crazy shit where he like uh, the ladder is about to fall, and instead, like maybe jumping off the ladder and landing on the mat, he just did like a swanton dive on top of the ladder and breaks in half. Yeah, and then John Morrison did a moonsault from the top rope to the outside while holding a ladder. Mm-hmm. That spot really bugged me because he hit everybody with it, and everybody was getting up from that spot really fast. And I yeah. was like, oh, come on, guys. He landed on you with a ladder. <laughs> <laughs> At the beginning of this match, there was a lot of that. There was, like, very little selling. Mm-hmm. It was just like them. Okay, now we got to hurry up and get in position for the next spot. And then that after as the match started going, they started selling more. It evened out. Yeah, and then when CM Punk won it, I don't know why, but like, it felt like the crowd didn't even know what was going on until like, literally nobody else was moving. <laughs> Either that or nobody really cared. I mean, I hate to say that, but at that time, I like. I'm not saying Punk wasn't popular, but I think with the main WWE audience, I think he's he was quite endeared himself to them yet. Mm-hmm. You know, he needed more time. Yeah. I have nothing else to say about this match because, like, it was spot galore. I mean, I was, like, ooh and ah and at some things because these guys are putting their bodies on the line. So, like, I have to pay attention to that, I guess. <laughs> It was cool. I mean, it was fun to watch. Mm. Uh, oh, there was one thing I want to talk about, which is like Matt Hardy apparently returns during this match. Oh yeah, I forgot about this. And like, who did he take out again? MVP. He like went up to the ladder and like twisted, faded him off the ladder, which was cool. And he got like a massive pop when he came out. Mm-hmm. He was like, he was super over. And it was like, how? That's one of those weird times where Matt Hardy was like super over, and they didn't capitalize on it again. Yeah. <laughs> That's Vince for you. Yeah. And, and Carlito is kind of like non-existent in this match as well. Was this when he was on his way out, I guess? Yeah, this is when Carl, Carl Ito was on fucking autopilot. He didn't fucking give a shit anymore, obviously. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you saw the promo for like WrestleMania 24 where him and I, I think it was Maria Kanellis. He was sitting yeah. there. Yeah, <laughs> that little commercial. Yeah, and like the bird was pooping him on him like a million times. The seagull. Uh, seagull. His, yeah, his voice is weird. Is that how he talks, or is that how Vince wants him to talk? I think that's how he talks. It's weird. I mean, he might be like hamming it up a little bit, but he's like, "I'm Carlito," and I'm like, "Man, you sound like you're on Telemundo." <laughs> I like I like that little that little commercial thing though. It was funny. Oh, I also yeah. like the one with Batista that was later. Oh yeah, that was cool too. Like the guy was proposing, and like Batista came out of nowhere and speared him. And then she was like, "Okay, <laughs> I'm gonna go with Batista. <laughs> I don't give a fuck about you." But anyway, I gave this ladder match a six point seven five out of ten. Oh, I gave it an eight. Oh really? I mean, I thought the spots were good and everything. It, uh, the only things against it was. Uh, there, that lack of selling in the beginning. I'm actually and, sorry, sorry to interrupt. I'm gonna raise it to a seven, seven out of okay. ten. 
because like the, there were several spots it was like damn okay yeah they're still doing some crazy shit back then mm-hmm. and um like i think it was just too short to ever re- be like a really great match so i think this was like 15 minutes or something mm-hmm. and i was like not that i'm like oh it needs to be like 30 fucking minutes or anything no it's but at the same time the, the money in the bank back then was and it's still yeah mainly, mainly it was like a mid-card attraction match like the very first one was kind of built up to be this big deal and the second one kind of was but after those like first two it kind of started becoming more like um who what random mid-card guy are we going to try to push this year pal <laughs> and so that's that's like that was the start of this i think obviously with cm punk being the well, I think this. Well, I don't think this is the start, but like this is like one of the starts where everybody had to be on WrestleMania. Yeah, that everybody gets a payday, brother. Yeah, and <laughs> I think this needs that needs to stop, in my opinion. I, I, it sucks for me to say that because that means some wrestlers are not going to get that WrestleMania pay. But in order to make WrestleMania, you have to be, like, built up for that. You have to. Yeah. You have to headline that. This should not be like given like it's like socialist WrestleMania. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, okay, like in a perfect world, that would be the case, and the system would still be in place with the WWE. Where it was sink or swim. It was sharks, like like how Austin and Big Show always talk about the Attitude Era, where you, it was like every everybody was competing for shit, mm-hmm. and it was kind of like you could do like. If you wanted to be great, all you had to do was just fucking try. Well, uh, it's not like that anymore, really. Well, what's funny is, like, back then, you could see the seeds that are being planted to see if that storyline would build up to be a WrestleMania. Now, yeah. now it's just, like, you see the seeds being planted, like, a week before. <laughs> yeah, like, like three, three months before WrestleMania is, like, the best they can do. <laughs> but, uh, like... Yeah, I. It would also cut down on like needless just shit taking place on the card and making the fucking show really long too. If they would go back to that, like I was watching a Shawn Michaels interview and he was like, you know, uh, that that time when they were doing the slammies and stuff. Uh, he went up to Vince. And he's like, "Well, should I challenge the Undertaker here and you know say it's a." Uh, a career match and like Vince is like don't say the career match right away just challenge him like that's I I love that planning where they would do something random at the slammies and like challenge somebody like still the old school wrestlers do that the new the, the new school wrestlers like they have to be told on how to build up to a Wrestlemania moment part of that I think is well, there's a couple different interesting layers of that story for one, Sean is the one that thought of this, not Vince. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so he had to bring it up. <laughs> and then the other part of it is, is he it's Sean. He has a, a high level of respect and trust, I think, with Vince. Yeah. That goes back to like something I've I've heard Edge and Jericho talk about. Like one of the key things of like becoming like a kind of a big star in WWE is having a relationship with Vince. And like you know, get getting to like know him and him getting to know you, and that enables him to trust you more. And if you can get that with him, 
that's when he'll start, you know, throwing you more bones, so to speak. Well, another example of that is uh, Bret Hart versus Austin and stuff, where he was bleeding while he passed out during the uh, sharpshooter. And uh, I remember an interview where Bret Hart was, like, talking to Austin, planning the match, and he's like, or Stone Cold came up to Bret, and he's like, well, Vince said no to blading. And Bret Hart's like, nah, dude, we're, we're still going to do it. Don't worry about it. I'll take the heat. And yeah, he told him it was like it was an accident. It was a legit, like, you know, bust open deal. And he took the heat for it. <laughs> yeah. So, like, if that was like, a, what do you call it? A, I'm trying to use an example. Maybe like a Seth Rollins or something. Like, yeah. Vince would lose his mind. But, like, if it was like a Bret Hart or a Stone Cold or an Undertaker or a Jericho. Edge. Edge and all that stuff. Like, Vince would be okay. I, I kind of get it because you, you trust the person because they've been through it. You can't, I, I guess you can't have like a new person try to blade and stuff. And plus all the sponsorships. <laughs> but back on track, Batista versus Umaga. A uh, brand supremacy match. Yeah, I, I just don't care. Also, I want to say this is brand supremacy and ECW is not even involved. <laughs> I was like, what the? They're just okay. Never mind. <laughs> um, what do you call it? Uh, I think it was Raw. It was Regal as the GM, and, and he Armando, Alejandro, Estrada. <laughs> <laughs> and then Fucking, I forgot about that dude. I totally forgot about it. And Teddy Long was SmackDown. Yeah. Oh. Well, well, uh, uh, Armando was the ECW fucking GM. That's uh, my bad. That's later. He comes out later. Yeah. Because I remember Regal being there and I totally forgot that he was the... Well, I knew he's a GM in WrestleMania 17. <laughs> but like... Commission. The commissioner. Um, <laughs> but him in this time, I was like, wow. Regal still... I didn't say still alive, but like still doing a thing. WrestleMania 24. I totally forgot about him. Maga is good. Batista is good. This match was just okay. I I don't think these guys have good chemistry. Is what it is. Because mm-hmm. yeah, Umaga was still still managed to look pretty impressive in this match. I think. Yeah. Especially man, when he does that fucking spinning heel kick and shit. Some of the stuff he does is just like God. But um. Yeah, I think this was a chemistry thing because, like, uh, Batista, from what I can remember of him, uh, besides recent matches, was I always thought Batista was pretty good. It's just that he kind of needed to be paired with certain people to have, like, that that really good match. Mm -hmm. Uh, He's, like, one of those guys that it kind of depends on who he's going up against is going to determine, like, how good that match is going to be. Yeah, like him versus Rey Mysterio. Like, you would think that match would suck, <laughs> but like oh. they they put on a good match. You know him being a fucking giant compared to Rey Mysterio. Yeah, if Batista was fighting Edge or Bray or Undertaker mm-hmm. or you know Cena, even people want to talk shit about Cena. But man, whenever Cena Batista had matches, they were fucking good. Yeah. Uh, all those guys, yeah. But this was one where I don't think it clicked. Hmm. I just wrote. Why are there so many holds in this match? And yeah, there was a lot of rest holding in the middle. 
Yeah, because I was like, these both of these guys are athletic. Like they should be showcasing it, which they do at times. But then it goes right back into the holding. Uh, I also wrote on here. This felt like a Raw and SmackDown match. Maybe that's why they called it brand supremacy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it really did. Uh, I don't really have much wrote down for this just because it was kind of short. Mm-hmm. That's that's what sucks is they even kept it short, but it was still it still felt like dragged out. Well, they had a back to which we will get to the, the match soon, but they had a back to back short matches. Maybe they were trying to cool down. After M, uh, I almost said MLB, but Money in the Bank. MLB. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I got a few notes about Batista where, it, like, it was interesting to see him sell so much. Mm-hmm. Very odd. But I, I've heard Batista go on record a few times saying, like, one of the things he really liked to do in wrestling was selling. And he's like, never usually in that much of a position to do it a lot. Mm-hmm. And I guess here was a position where he thought, oh, I could do this because Umaga's a big Samoa guy. <laughs> That's it. He barely got that Batista bomb off. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I was waiting for it. Because that's the moment I was waiting for. I was like, oh, Batista bomb's coming. And then I was like, ooh. <laughs> that didn't look really well. It was rough. <laughs> mm. I give this a 6 out of 10. Like I said, I both of these good wrestlers, it just it was okay. Yeah, I gave it a 5.5. Okay, let's go into a quick match. I don't know if you want to rate it or anything, but uh, Kane won. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't, this was a squash, so I didn't rate it. <laughs> I'm gonna go with you. I'm not gonna rate that one either. <laughs> it was like it was like under ten seconds. <laughs> but uh, what happened was Chavo Guerrero came out. And he had his ECW championship, and like an idiot, he's staring at the Titantron, wondering when he's gonna come out. And then Kane came up behind him, and the ref- the referee, like you said, hey, dude, he's behind you. <laughs> I didn't catch that, actually. Yeah, and, like, Chavo still didn't listen to the referee, and then uh, chokeslam, done. You know what would have been cooler is if they bothered to, like, do a cool effect, like Kane teleports behind him? <laughs> like, well, why didn't they just do that? Well, maybe, like... Maybe, maybe there was still too much daylight out at that point, I don't remember. Maybe, like, uh, tear the ring apart or something. Yeah. Like, they could have made it cool, you know? Instead of just, like, oh, Kane was hiding somewhere, and he appeared, and he chokeslammed it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Well, that's a squash match, and Kane became the ECW championship. champion. Yeah, he held it for a little while, I think, at that mm-hmm. point. And this is when Kane was without the mask because he was uh, advertising his See No Evil movie. Yeah. <laughs> May, what was it, May 19th? Mm-hmm. And people would say May 19th, it would trigger Kane and he would get, like, abnormally, like, mad. <laughs> <laughs> God, he got saddled with so many shit storylines. He really did, if you, like, think about it. Yeah, but he, you know, with him, he's such a worker that he just went with it. Yeah, he would just go with it, try to make the best out of it. It's just, I bring that up because it's like that guy just tries so hard all the time. What Shouldn't you, like, reward him more for his effort? <laughs> like, really? <laughs> Instead of putting him in all these shit stories? Well, remember when Zack Ryder was getting big and then, like, I guess Vince called up Kane and said, hey, we need to bury this fucker? 
<laughs> Apparently. So, like, Kane came back and just buried Zack Ryder. Yeah. Fuck it. He needed to embrace the hate. Mm-hmm. All right. We're going to get into a good match. Oh, yes. Shawn Michaels versus, woo, Ric Flair. Career-threatening match. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> that stipulation in there. Um, to kind of give a storyline quickly, this was like when Ric Flair started losing a little bit, and the way the video package went, <laughs> it looked like Vince was like, you're losing too much, one more match and you're done. Yeah, I was like trying to remember like what brought this on. Because in the video package, it looks like he just comes out in the middle of Ric Flair talking and mm. tells him, if you lose one more time, you're done. <laughs> I was like, why? What brought this on? <laughs> so Ric Flair, being Ric Flair, he's like, I want to face the best. And he wants to face Mr. WrestleMania, which is Shawn Michaels. Yeah. And the Mr. WrestleMania's win-loss win record at WrestleMania is not great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But um, Shawn Michaels comes out and he says, I don't want to be the guy to retire you, so I'm declining. And then all of a sudden, you know, you know how that goes in wrestling. When somebody declines, you, you call them little names here and there. And then, like, eventually that respectable wrestler says, fine, I'm going to face you at WrestleMania. But yeah. This is where Shawn Michaels does the promo where he talks about Old Yeller. And uh, and if anybody did, doesn't know the story of Old Yeller, it's about a dog who gets old. And what, what they did to the dog is they shot it out in the back. So what Shawn Michaels was pretty much saying is, Ric Flair, I'm going to take you out back and shoot you. Yeah. So I, the buildup was good. Um, This match... The the only negative thing I'll say, and this, I'm going to say this right off the bat. I'm going to give you a rating, and I'm going to tell you why I'm giving you this rating. This is the perfect match for me. I give it a 10 out of 10. Oh, yeah. Flair was old, obviously. You could tell in certain parts where he gassed out, uh, but he did moves where a suplex, uh, he he sold it really well. He didn't even like did his Ric Flair oversell. There was like one part where he kind of did it, but it it wasn't goofy. Yeah. Um. Sean definitely carried this match. Uh. And because Ric Flair was like, in a sense, dying, kind of being like old Yeller. <laughs> yeah. Like Shawn Michaels, dude. When he did that first super kick, you felt the energy. In the crowd, just like go silent, because it was yeah. like you thought this was gonna be over, and then Ric Flair kicked out. Everybody went fucking nuts. Um, it was unbelievable, and it's still iconic to me. So iconic to see the part where Shawn Michaels goes in the corner. And he says, "Sorry, I love you," and kicks him, and then he. Uh, he pins him, and you could t after the match, he like goes down and whispers something in his ear. Did they ever mention what he said in his ear? I think probably he might have somewhere. I don't know. Because, <laughs> and then you see like Ric Flair crying, and then you see like the whole Flair cr uh, uh, family crying. 
Which you see. There was, other, there was fans crying. Yeah. Uh, I gave this as a perfect score because it was good. It was all around good. It was a good wrestling match. And Ric Flair has to be... And correct me if I'm wrong, this was his final match, right? No. No? <laughs> it was his final match in WWE. Where did he go? Oh, TNA. Fuck. He went to the he went to the Hulkamania's running wild tour in Australia to wrestle Hulk Hogan. Okay, so let me and just then he went to TNA. <laughs> right, let me just say that in this way then. It was nice to see that in WWE for there to be an actual retirement match and him never showing up on WWE to wrestle again. Not like Undertaker. Where you thought, you know, when they all, uh, the cage match between Triple H and uh, Shawn Michaels as the guest referee and them walking out and being like, that's a retirement moment. Yeah. Or you could even show the Roman Reigns one where he puts his shit on the, the, the ring and leaves. That's a, that's a moment. With Ric Flair getting kicked in the face and him crying... <laughs> I love his crying because he always like his face gets all red and he like he's like puckering his lips and stuff. He gets very emotional and it makes you sad when you look at him. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but seeing that, I was like, that's awesome. That's a good end page in the WWE, and that's why I gave it a ten out of ten. What what's your notes and your rating? Um, I gave this match a nine point five out of ten. Okay. Very high, very good. I've only rated one other match that high so far mm -hmm. since we've been doing this. Um, it had a big atmosphere. I liked it. I liked the build for it. I can remember a lot of that because that was like some of the stuff that I was still interested in back then when I was watching. Mm -hmm. um, I liked kind of the back and forth between them in the beginning when they were like, you know, jockeying for position and stuff and like flares kind of got him on the ropes at first and then finally sean gets serious and he really lets him have it and he like he like busts his lip or something and rick flair's like first blood brother i'm like there it is it's <laughs> fucking on now <laughs> I, I like that rick flair was still being dirty where he low blowed sean michaels oh yeah he did that real slick low blow from the the kick from behind mm -hmm. uh there's lots of stiff Chops. Uh, Flair landed a top rope move. Yeah. <laughs> and, the, and the crowd recognized it. That's what I loved is like the crowd recognized what happened. <laughs> and they were like, yeah, I did it. <laughs> it was a two count. It was like, fuck. I'm like, the last time Ric Flair landed a crossbody was like the was like WCW in the 80s. Mm -hmm. I, I think. Every other time he's failed. Um. Sorry to interrupt you, but there was one figure four that Shawn Michaels did that was kind of weird. I don't know if you noticed that. I was like... Yeah, he did like an inverted figure four. Okay. Yeah, it's like just a weird, different way of doing it. Um, That moonsault Shawn did where he like hit the desk. God damn. Yeah, that hurt. That looked awful. That looked like that legit hurt. It probably did. Well, you could always tell because the referee went towards Rick. And, like, Rick, instead of just, like, going towards him, he, like, went back in the ring. Cause, yeah. Because Sean, dude, like, <laughs> those are the times where you're like, man, I hope the desk just breaks. 
<laughs> no, he like bounced when he hit it and then it broke. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, that reminds me of that time Vince and Austin had that cage match and like Austin knocked him off the cage and Vince hit the table. <laughs> the table didn't break and Vince bounced and his neck snapped back and then the table broke. <laughs> it looked awful. But uh, yeah, there was still some other really cool spots in here. Like, yeah, I like like when Ric Flair landed all the suplexes and he was like really in control. Mm-hmm. That was cool. Uh, he took like a backdrop to the floor, which I was like, oh God. <laughs> I was like, God damn. I can remember when Flair was taking a lot of these big spots back then. I was like genuinely concerned that he would get hurt. Oh, that's when he started charging at Shawn Michaels and Shawn Michaels was like, whoop. Right over his shoulder. Yeah, and he hit the floor. I was like, fuck! Mm-hmm. Should you be taking that fucking... I guess he knows what he can do, but shit. Like, Ric Flair don't care, man. It's like when he had the TLC match with Edge, which I also think was around this time. Mm-hmm. Or it was or it was the last year. And I was like, oh my god, he's doing a TLC match? And it was actually like really good. Well, this was the same year that he got inducted into the Hall of Fame, by the way. Yeah. So, and I, rem- I remember in his speech, he like cried. <laughs> that with Edge and shit, you yeah, know, doing a TLC, not a TLC, a, a ladders match. Uh, Sean sold like really awesome through the match, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a sharpshooter spot, cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Oh, I like that part where like uh, they they battle with figure fours for a while and doing different. Reversing it into pins and stuff. Mm-hmm. And this is like at the, the tail end of that exchange where it's like uh, HBK puts his figure four on and Flair's like, at this point, he's tired and he's worn out. And he like can't reach the rope. <laughs> so he like, instead, he like undoes the bottom turnbuckle pad and just throws it at the referee or some shit to distract him. And he just rakes Sean in the eye when he's like busy throwing the turnbuckle pad away. That's how he gets out. I'm like, that was good. <laughs> Classic Rick. <laughs> uh, they fight back and forth. Yeah, Sean does the super kick. The, the I'm sorry, I love you. And it's, mm. it's an amazing match. And it has such excellent storytelling. And it's just, this is, like, Flair is a big part of this match being great, too. But this is a, another example of, like, just the really good stuff Sean did when he came back the second time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this match will always stick with me. In in as far as WrestleMania moments, it's a uh, modern classic. Yes. After this modern classic, we went to uh, this weird, but happy that I saw it because you had all the sexy ladies in there. But uh, hang on, Edge cut a promo and it was really good. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> you remember it? I remember it vaguely, but please describe it. Okay, so Edge cuts a promo on Undertaker, and it's like this. Ba- I think this helped more than anything to get your mind off what just happened, mm-hmm. uh, because Edge like really turned it on for this promo, and he was talking about how like um, he Hulk, remembered Hulk when he was in the crowd, huh? With Hulk Hogan, right? Yeah, he remembered he was in the crowd for WrestleMania six, and that's where Ultimate Warrior beat Hogan, and he's like, that shattered my innocence. That changed everything. And I knew everything that the, up to that point was a lie. <laughs> and then 
He was like, that's what I'm going to do here. I'm going to do that same thing here to a bunch of other kids and shatter their innocence and let them know that everything is a lie. Mm. I was like, fuck. <laughs> that was good. <laughs> like, that's basically what he said. I, that's, I'm paraphrasing, but yeah. Edge had some really weird promos, but he also had it outweighed with the many good promos that he had. Yeah, that was a good one. And well, the other thing about Edge was like he would always, he would get one hundred percent into. He he never, in my opinion, he never really phoned anything. Yeah, you know, everything he did or tried to do, he did it like to one hundred percent the best he could do. Mm-hmm. And that that was definitely a good promo. Yeah, but I'm qu- <laughs> I'm quickly going to talk about this and Bunny Mania. Wait, Playboy Bunny Mania. Yeah, with Snoop Dogg. And it was a lumberjack match, if I remember. It had That's all, right. It had all the divas uh, in dresses, by the way. On the Some outside. of them were in dresses. Yeah. And it was Ashley and Maria Kanellis versus Beth Phoenix and Melina, with Santino also there as well. What I wrote was sexy ladies. Uh, Maria Canellis, yum. Ashley, yum. <laughs> I, I love. I never really liked Ashley. That's like a personal taste thing. <laughs> yeah, that's a personal for me. Um, I guess there's a storyline with uh, King and Santino where pretty uh, much. Yeah, I think they were doing an angle at this time. I think it led to a match. Mm hmm. Because at some point, um, King gets up. He's like, I'm sick of this. And he goes and punches Santino in the face. That got I, the biggest reaction of this whole thing. Yeah. I didn't care for it. Um, but Ashley and Marie, Maria won. Wait, no, no. Beth Phoenix and Melina won. Defeated. Yeah, they won. Yeah. I, I gave it a 5 out of 10. <laughs> That's... I don't know. It wasn't like that's the thing was it wasn't actually bad. It was actually it was a little bit better than what I thought it was going to be, mm. considering like what this is, what time it is, and who's in there. Mm. And that is not slight at all against Beth Phoenix and Molina. They're talented. Yeah. The problem was they were up against two other people that weren't quite as talented. Well, I think they were they were still pushing the divas division and like. This, yeah, this is like way after the, the women's division in WWE started going south. Mm-hmm. After having that good stint in like the mid-2000s. Yeah, I think Lita and Trish were kind of done at this point. Yeah, they were gone. So things started getting a little, not weird, just very sexual. And that's because Vince decided to make things sexual again. What sucked is, like, back then, they still had talented wrestlers that were still good-looking and marketable. At least I think so. Yeah. Like, Mickey James is really good. Mm-hmm. And Melina is really good. Beth Phoenix. Beth Phoenix is good. Now, she has, she has a different kind of look, but I still think she, she looks good for, like, her frame and everything. <laughs> she has a China look, by the way. Beth Phoenix. Yeah. It, but... They started mixing them in with like all these other people who are just like I'm a bikini model. It's like, mm-hmm. <laughs> here we go. Uh, I wrote some notes here, but it was just like weird stuff. Like first, I have to say, damn, we have come a long way. <laughs> yeah, 
for like the women's division it's like wow like we now everything that we see now is like basically normal mm-hmm. uh it, it used to feel pretty surreal back when it was that was starting to get steam it's like oh my god i remember when like all the women matches were just like literal bathroom breaks and nobody gave a fuck about it except like perverts <laughs> like, like i'm just being honest that's like what they did um they got to cool the crowd off somehow after that. And this was, this was the death spot, you know? Uh, oh yeah. The bad spot. I think he said the death spot. I'm like, what did I miss? Somebody, no, the, the death spot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is, this is where the show dies for like a, a little while, but it has to, <laughs> but uh, like King tries to get JR into this and JR clearly about, about this at all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just really funny to me. This is the second time where JR was just taking a break. He's like, oh, whatever. <laughs> and he threw uh, Beth Phoenix into the center, and he just goes to sleep. Yeah. Uh, I like that move Beth and Melina did where she had her up on her shoulders and did a moonsault off her. That was cool. Yes. <laughs> Beth and Melina. The lights, di- the lights died in the middle of the match for no reason. Oh, yeah. I remember that because I was like, Wait, is somebody coming out? And then like I bet the I bet the fucking like light operator was like, I need to take a bathroom break, and he accidentally hit a switch. Probably. <laughs> That's probably what happened. Either that or it was like really hot in Florida or something like that. And probably uh I don't know, fucked up the lights. The end of this match was like weird. Yeah. Not not like just what happened after it. Like Malia beats fucking I think it was Maria. Fisherman Buster, one, two, three. It's like, yeah, that's what should happen. <laughs> but uh, Snoop comes in and like levels Santino and then helps Maria up and just kisses her. And, and I'm like, this is like really awkward. <laughs> well, no, they mentioned that they were together, like boyfriend, girlfriend. And I tried to look it up and there is no record of that, by the way. That's okay. Then it's horseshit. Yeah. This that makes this even more awkward. Because I was like... <laughs> I was just like, what the... You just kissed her. It's like, I'm not trying to, like, say, oh, you know, like, Me Too bullshit things or whatever. I'm just like, I don't... Because I don't think about that shit. Because, I, honestly, a lot of it's well, ridiculous, to, in my opinion. Well, to be fair, and I'm, yeah. not, uh, and I'm not saying, like, if you shake your ass in front of a man, that a man should be able to k- grab you and kiss you. No, but, yeah. But she did signal that, like, here's my ass. <laughs> yeah, they were doing that around him, and I'm like, "What the God? We really have come a long way." Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like, "This is like kind of embarrassing and awkward." Well, Maria Canellas came a long way as well. Like, she became decent down the road. Yeah, I, I always heard she got kind of good. Like, she, she concentrated more on wrestling after she got out of WWE. Well, she still was wearing like skimpy outfits and all that stuff, but she got better. Yeah. Which is whatever you dress the way you want to. Mm. But would you would you give this match? Uh, I gave it a five point twenty five out of ten. Cool. Just because it was considering what this was, it was better than what I thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. All right, it's time for WWE Championship match: uh, Randy Orton versus John Cena versus Triple H. And the storyline behind this is Triple H was injured and out for a while, and Cena was injured and out for a while. And Randy was just there, being champion. 
I'm soaking it up because all the good people. And that's the storyline, pretty much. I like the video package for this one. Mm-hmm. Really good. Got me up to speed for it. I was like, oh, yeah, I remember this now. Yeah. Randy Orton came out to his, like, old theme where, uh, where it's like, hey, hey. You can say. Yeah. <laughs> um, Was he Legend Killer during his time? Or was he part of, like, in the early stages of his... Uh, stable that he was creating i forgot what he called it this is the early stages of the viper oh. the genesis the start <laughs> of the viper oh boy i i didn't because you could tell because remember this is when he started doing the punk kick yeah but that file kick <laughs> this, is when he, this is when he started to act crazy i think this is when orton psychologically was starting to crack up the mm. character yeah <laughs> John Cena came out with um, the marching band and stuff. That was weird. Yeah. Because I, I was thinking, like, they would do it in the beginning. And then, you know how, like, they do that little thing, live action music, and then all of a sudden they cut to, like, the actual theme song? And no, he just, like, runs down to the ring with the marching band, band music still going. To me, it was like a cheap pop thing because it was like obviously like the the hometown college band, whatever the fuck. Mm-hmm. And it was like, see, it's like this is like the kind of stuff that they do, and it, like people know what they're doing with Cena, and it, it kind of like makes them want to rail against it more. <laughs> and then Triple H came out normal. Yeah, Triple H just came out like normal because he doesn't have to do anything because he's a fucking star. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just saying the notes i have in this is um really surprised i totally forgot about this match i was Me like too, i was like oh randy orton john cena triple h is gonna be you know typical matches but they put on a good show um this is this is when cena still had more than five moves i think and he was showcasing it Triple H was uh, obviously showcasing that his quads are not hurting anymore. So, yeah. So he had to show off all the uh, uh, spine busters and fucking that one move where, you know, you, you run up to the person, you knee him in the face, or you bring the head down to the face. The face buster? Yeah. High knee? High knee. <laughs> and um, Randy Orton just being Randy Orton. <laughs> I don't know how to say any, uh, say anything about Randy Orton because he he does a, a couple uh, suplexes, DDTs, and then he holds you a lot. This is yeah, Randy, typical Rand, vintage Randy, vintage, vintage Rand- Randall. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, he didn't really like he wrestled pretty different when he first debuted. Yeah, and then. When he was in Evolution, he still wrestled pretty differently from how he does now. Uh, like, I think he kind of hit his groove, so to speak, if you want to call it that, around this time, 07, 08, in terms of, like, what is his style, and that is definitively his style now. Mm-hmm. This is it. Um, I liked in the beginning where Triple H is like, we need to go after Randy Orton first, and then Randy Orton's like, I'm out of here. You guys fight each other. 
yeah, this the whole story of this match is like everybody's kind of like feeling like Orton is the afterthought in this match. Mm-hmm. And everybody's more into uh, H and John fighting, and they, they want to see that more. And they're obviously positioned as the bigger stars. Yeah, I like the part where Randy uh, uh, Randy Orton and Triple H are fighting, and then John Cena comes and puts him on his, the, his shoulders, and he's about to do his attitude adjustment, and Triple H is like, nah, I'm out of here. <laughs> just gets he gets him. off and just fucking kicks him in the nuts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, yes, just blatant nut kick, fuck it. <laughs> yeah, and... Um... What are, what are your notes? Because I'm trying to remember some of this match. A lot of stuff happens in this match. Uh, it wasn't quite a typical, what is now a standard triple threat match. You know how triple threat matches are nowadays. Oh, yeah. now, and I'm not saying they're bad, but they, they do a very specific formula now. Yeah. Which is like three guys start, they maybe couple, two of them try to team up at first, and then no, they all start fighting each other. And then somebody hits a big move or they double team somebody and that guy rolls out for a while and the other two guys just fight. And then that guy eventually comes back and gets revenge and then somebody gets hurt more and they roll out for a while. This had some of that, but it didn't dominate the match. They like actually tried to come up with interesting spots in this match that were like kind of exciting and fun to watch. Yeah, it felt unique. Sequences, sequences. Yeah, it had different sequences compared to like today's triple threat, whereas like you just explained all that stuff. Uh, like I wrote some of this down just because I couldn't help it, just because it was like, oh, this actually sticks out. Like here's one. I'll just do this one. Cena gets Orton in the corner. H comes behind and putting Cena on his shoulders. Orton crossbodies Cena off of his shoulders. <laughs> it's like an electric chair crossbody. Yeah. But Cena rolls through that and picks him up for an FU. And then tr- Hunter tries to interfere, but Cena revenge nut kicks him to stop him from interfering. <laughs> Orton manages to get off. H recovers kind of quickly from a nut shot and clotheslines Cena. Orton then spins around clothesline Hunter. <laughs> that was all in like uh, the span of like 20 seconds or something, like ha- half a minute that all that happened. Yeah, I like the ending as well where... I think it was Triple H where he like pedigrees Cena and like you're you're thinking oh shit uh you know Triple H is gonna win <laughs> and then all of a sudden Randy comes in with the punt and then goes for the pin and wins yeah I love it even it's good because like Randy was like I w- I don't want to say non-existent in this match but clearly very planned out well. That when he comes in for this pin, he's going to get a lot of heat for it. And he did. And the best part was, like, Triple H wasn't, like, totally knocked out from that punt. Mm-hmm. He was, like, he moved a little. Like, he was going to try to stop it, but he was just, like, a second too late. He was, like, uh, and then he was done. Like, mm-hmm. um, you got any other notes for this? No, I actually wrote down, and it was, like, 11 minute and 40 second match. Yeah, pretty fast pace, and it it didn't feel rushed, really. Mm -hmm. I think it was just right. It's just they kept kind of like a a higher pace in the match is what it was. Yeah. Um, I I gave this a um, 7.5 out of 10. I got a couple little notes here I wanted to mention. I like that spot where 
Orton makes Cena chase him outside, mm. and then Orton just suckers him into throwing him into the post. I just thought that was, like, was just good <laughs> psychology shit. Yeah. Uh, I like that spot where Cena has Orton in the STFU, and then H gets on Cena and puts him in the crossface while he has the STFU in. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, there it is. That's cool. Um. That's kind of it, yeah. Uh, I said lame finish for a WrestleMania, but it definitely isn't the first. Yeah. And it yeah. sure as hell won't be the last. Otherwise, <laughs> a damn good match. So what'd you give Seven, it? 7.75 out of 10. Oh, we're pretty close. Yeah. All right, gimmick match, because uh, they always have to have their celebrity um, matches in here. Money. How'd they go again? Floyd, Floyd Money Mayweather. There we go. Versus Big Show. You're going to call Money Floyd Mayweather. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> I don't remember this match because I didn't care for boxing and I didn't care for Big Show anymore, just like how I don't, still don't care for Big Show. Um, I was like, oh, this is going to suck. But it was actually pretty planned, planned out well. To to the part, I was like, wow, they actually went into debt on how to like put this into a match. Because in the beginning, yeah, this was one of those times where I think Big Show was actually like he, he was on for this and he did a good job. Mm, because like in the beginning, you know, you, you know, they the, the first of all the announcers sold it like, oh, Mayweather's fast, he's just gonna go around him, and like Big Show was like trying to catch him, like, let me get you. And he's like, he's too, <laughs> and he's too fast. And I was like, all right, I, I kind of see where they're going. Uh, and then Big Show eventually catches him. But, like, the the, the round ends. And then <laughs> Big Show kind of does a Roddy Piper thing where he's like, fuck this shit. And he just starts tossing, like, the trainers out and everything. Because uh, there was a part where Mayweather got caught by Big Show and like one of the trainers got up there to try to stop it and like big show just like slaps him and throws him around and he like ripped his shirt off and shit yeah that was after that was after mayweather drank from his chalice yeah he had a fucking chalice to drink water from <laughs> and the big show just got pissed and like grabbed one of those dudes and beat the fuck out of him and the crowd like actually blew up for it yeah and wasn't this wasn't this supposed to be big show being heel was that the thing? I thought so, but like it seemed like every time Big Show got offense and did something, everybody was cheering him. <laughs> so I think this turned into like a boxing versus wrestling thing. Okay, yeah, that, that... people obviously got with the wrestler because it's wrestling. Yeah, but I have to get—I have to give it up for Mayweather because the part where like it, he was getting owned by Big Show, where like he was standing on him and like chopping him and pushing him around. He was selling it. I, I money, money sells were money. Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, Oh man, he's probably going to make this as a joke and all that stuff. But I was pretty surprised on how he sold everything. And especially how he was screaming like a little girl. Did you notice that? Yeah. He was like, ah, ah, <laughs> <laughs> like when he was standing on it, it made me laugh. <laughs> Because, you know, and I'm not saying this as a race thing, but, like, most, like, black boxers and stuff would not want to be screaming like a little girl. They wouldn't be screaming like a little bitch. 
Yeah, and Mayweather <laughs> and Mayweather did that. So I, I applaud him for doing wrestling selling. I think he's a fan, though. Like, I, legitimately, I think he is. I think that's why he just went all in this. Yeah. Um, I do. I did like when Mayweather like, took off the fucking chain off of his trainers and like used it as a brass knuckle and punched Big Show in the face, and he got booed for doing yeah. for doing a wrestling heel tactic move. So totally. uh, yeah, I like that part too. It's interesting role reversal too, because like think about this. It's like we're we're off. We just came off watching WrestleMania one and two. We're like the outsider fucking celebrity guy, mm-hmm. babyface, and the wrestler was the heel, and they had the boxing match, and it was like I still say that crowd was split for Piper and and Mr. T, which I thought was really strange at the time. Yeah, because Piper had a lot of heat back then, but like they were fucking cheering him. Mm-hmm. I guess it's because he was just so fucking entertaining. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, now here we are, twenty some odd years later 22 years later at this point in time <laughs> the roles have reversed yeah but uh that's all i have to say about that like i was really surprised uh it had a good ending and like it zoomed on big show just being upset <laughs> disappointed he got got yeah and i gave this a 6.95 out of 10 i gave it a 6.5 out of 10 it was fun yes all right, time for the main event, Undertaker versus Edge. I want you to start off with this match because you probably have better notes than I'm still... I remember certain things, but I'm probably not going to be as more debt as you. So what do you have to say about the main event? Yeah, I paid extra attention to this match because uh, I liked this feud back in back around this time. This was one of the only things that kept me watching the program. Mm-hmm. Uh, Edge is one of my favorite wrestlers. Undertaker is also up there for me. Mm-hmm. And I never saw this match. I missed it. So I was like, yes, I want to pay very careful attention to this. <laughs> um, the video package again was awesome. Undertaker had his Druid ent- entrance. It was cool. Oh, yeah. I, that's one note I had in here. It's like, yeah, the Druids. I love the Druids. There was, it starts off with just some punches. They're just punching the fuck out of each other at first. Mm-hmm. And then uh, eventually Undertaker gets the advantage and he just levels Edge with a clothesline. Yes. It's like, here we go. Let's pick it up now. And then he starts to do old school and then like Edge counters it. And that becomes like a big story through this match is like Edge continually counters Undertaker. Hey. It's like every time he tries to get something, Edge comes up with a counter for it and actually counters. And that was cool. It actually kind of got me into the story. It was like, you know, this is true, actually. I've never seen, like, I can remember all the Undertaker WrestleMania matches I've seen up to this point. Mm-hmm. Or just general Undertaker matches anyway. And I don't ever really recall anybody countering him so much. This was Edge's final heavyweight championship run, right? No. Oh, no, he had another remember, one? He had it uh, at, at his last WrestleMania, you know, when he was fighting Del Rio. Oh, and yeah, that's, I forgot about I that one. I think he had it one time in between there, too. One or two more times, maybe. I forgot about that. Yeah. Oh. Um. What else happens here? Tager takes this crazy bump where, like, Edge Irish whips him. And he, like, does this shit where he, like, flips over the side and falls outside. 
Yeah. I was like, Fuck. He took like a Triple H kind of bump. You know, Triple H does that sometimes. Mm hmm. That still surprises me when he throws it out. I'm like, fuck, man, that looks, that looks crazy. <laughs> yeah, when he, like, flips himself and he, like, goes over the top rope. Yep. Yeah, I, I started, I was like, wow, Taker did that? Yeah. I, I, thought he yeah. Was, I thought he wasn't capable of doing that. No, he, this was back still when he could surprise you a lot with some of the shit he do. He does the suicide dive in this match. Mm-hmm. It's still scary as fuck when he does it. Yeah, he still had a little pep to his, uh his step a little bit he did yeah it's just he's so tall that when he does that move he starts coming down at like such a high angle mm-hmm. and it just makes it look scary <laughs> <laughs> uh, like that one at 25 when he does the sean and the, the cameraman quotes catches him and he botched it and undertaker almost tombstoned himself <laughs> i remember that fuck that was scary as shit anyway though uh Edge takes advantage after a while. They fight. Uh, he knocks him into the barricades. And he does a sick-ass neckbreaker thing with Undertaker tangled up in the rope. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, that's nasty. I've never seen that before. That's cool. Um, let's see. There's another spot where uh, oh, Edge goes to the top, and then Undertaker just throws him to the fucking floor, and he bumps hard. He, like, <laughs> bounced when he hit the floor. I'm sure that wasn't good for his neck. Uh, Taker is selling his ass off through this match. Like, it, a lot. Yeah, he sold pretty well. Um, and I'm not, like, downplaying Edge or anything, but, like, he put Edge way over, even though Edge lost this match. Yeah, he did. That was, like, one of my takeaways from this. Like, he put, like, that's how all their matches were that I saw when they were feuding was, like, Undertaker treated Edge like he was an equal, really. Mm-hmm. And that, that was really cool. And I think that really helped to solidify Edge as like a main event. Because it's like when he feuded with Cena, it was like he never really, you never really felt like he kind of got one up on him, like definitively, you mm-hmm. know? Mm-hmm. He would always like cheat, get away with it, which is fine. That's like heel shit. And that's like what he was trying to do. But it, uh, it, the way to put it with that, with uh, Cena and Edge, it's like it always felt like when Cena was around, you had to put like a, a henchman. And I'm not saying Edge is a henchman kind of thing. It kind of felt like he was a low tier villain that they had to put with Cena to put Cena over. Yeah. Like, I feel like when he feuded with Taker, that even if he lost the feud, you know. Mm hmm. That really made it like this guy's legit main event man. Yes. And he lost by submission, and back then the submissions were still good <laughs> to lose by. I mean, That's also what his apparently his submission still didn't have a name back then. <laughs> they couldn't figure out it was just a fucking triangle choke. So Cole's like, that submission hold! That submission hold. I'm like, what what is it? And he couldn't tell me. <laughs> <laughs> so, that became Hell's Gate, yeah. right? Yeah, Hell's Gate. Yeah. Uh, fuck. What? A, I'm trying to see if I got any other interesting little spot notes here. Edge kicks out choke slam. Edge kicks out of the last. No, he counters the neck breaker. I think he still kicks out of the last ride later. Mm-hmm. Which is he hit like a real high angle last ride. I was like, fuck. That was a good one. Well, they made it like a thing where it's like you know nobody kicks out of the last ride and Edge did it and like yeah people were flipping out. Let's see. 
I like that spot where like the the ref went down mm-hmm. and Edge went and got a camera and he was gonna like fucking hit him with it and he did. <laughs> but the referee's dead. And then he goes for a tombstone and then Undertaker counters it, counters it. And then he kicks out of the tombstone too. Yep. I was like, fuck yeah, there it is. Mm-hmm. Edge heads come out and he destroys them. Oh yeah, I forgot, I forgot to write that the edge heads and stuff. Zack Ryder and Kurt Hawkins. Oh, and uh, this is when they were doing the storyline with Edge and Vicky Guerrero, by the way. Yeah, that's that. Yeah, Edge came out with Vicky Guerrero, and she was like in a wheelchair, which is like really funny. And he kisses her and everything. <laughs> yeah, I love that. I, I love that whole story. Like that was another thing where I was like, when that started happening, I was like, really, like, because I felt like they were like dragging Edge down with this. Mm-hmm. And at that time, I, I don't think everybody knew like. Vicky Guerrero could be like such an entertaining character yet. She was a good manager. Yeah, and like later as that thing developed, it was like really good. Like just their interactions and stuff, and the stuff they'd always do was like really fun. Yeah, because I I totally forgot because my you know time is dilated and everything. I was like, where's Lita? (laughs) This was like when Lita was not there anymore. She's gone, brother. Yeah, because the whole Matt Hardy and thing and all that. So, there's nothing else to say. What did you give what it? Did you, okay, what did I give? I gave it an 8.75 out of 10. I gave it a 9 out of 10. I liked it. I really liked it. Is Almost could have gave it a 9. It was just like... I, it was missing just a little something for me. But it's still very damn good match. Yes. Um, final notes before I give the final grade for WrestleMania 24. Uh, the commentary was kind of a little bit weird <laughs> with all the the three boots and stuff. Um, Michael Cole and Coach sucked. Yes. I don't know, like, who thought that was a good pairing. I don't even fucking remember that, but it was, like, by far the worst. Like, you had Joey Styles. Joey Styles was still doing commentary at this time in Taz. Like, that was good. Mm-hmm. And then... King and it's King and Jr. You know, you can never go wrong with that. Even no. though, even though Jr. was kind of like going downhill at this point. Um, <laughs> even though there was a bunch of matches that were kind of just okay, Shawn Michaels versus uh, Ric Flair was amazing. Uh, I thought the triple threat was pretty good. Um, I was surprised about the Mayweather versus Big Show. And Undertaker versus Edge was good. Batista and Umaga was just okay. Money in the Bank had good selling points. and Spots, my bad. I can't speak right now. <laughs> they had good spots. I gave this an 8 out of 10. I thought it was a Me solid. Me too. I gave it the same score. Solid show. Pretty that- damn good WrestleMania. I hate that I missed it. Uh, now that I've watched it. Yes, and we'll we'll probably do more of these if we're you know obviously if we're still around for more WrestleManias. We'll do more of watching the WrestleManias. <laughs> uh, I want to say this show delivered another pair of classics. Mm-hmm. I, I will call Edge and Undertaker a classic, even though it's like oh it didn't hit nine. It's like I don't matter. It was still really fucking good. Yes. Um. Uh, I think. You could argue that this could be the marker for the end of the ruthless aggression. Yes, I was actually going to say that before we moved on. Is I, I feel was, like this is yeah right here. 
because yeah, you know obviously let me let me go check real quick of what wrestlemania 25 was so just want to see the headline of that i'm looking right now i'm clicking i think it was triple h and orton yeah so let me go look at this yeah, this is when Carlito and Primo, uh, CM Punk started going. Santina Morella was a thing. Um, Chris Jericho Jim, <laughs> defeated Jimmy Snuka. <laughs> Ricky Steamboat. Uh, Matt Hardy defeated... This was like the Jeff Hardy thing. Rey Mysterio and JBL. The Undertaker, Sean Ma Yeah, this is when they started doing the PG era, I think. Yep. Yep. Um, and that's... Kind of ironic too, because this next WrestleMania is also marks the end of another era, <laughs> pretty much. Mm -hmm. Oh, and WrestleMania twenty five had John Cena versus Big Show versus Edge. So. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. And we all know how that came about. But let's get into something really, really fucking good. WrestleMania seventeen. X7, damn it. <laughs> so to kind of give a little background, um Shane McMahon, this is when uh Vince bought WCW, but they turned it into an angle where Shane McMahon comes down, he's like, or no, he said it at WCW. He's like, there is a contract that says McMahon, but it says Shane McMahon. I love that they showed that for like the video package for their feud and it showed Vince's fucking reaction. Yeah. He's just like looking at the, the Titantron like he's trying to swallow something and can't. Yeah, and oh I, my God. I wanna say this is the the highest point of the attitude ever where it was really, really fucking awesome. Yeah, this was probably the peak of the booking and everything, because this is before <clears throat> everything kind of got like convoluted with trying to do the invasion angle mm -hmm. i don't think the invasion angle was total shit like everybody else says it was because i remember it being a lot of fun back then when i watched it but it definitely felt like some things were missing yeah uh, I, I liked the invasion angle uh, and i thought you know having shane quote unquote be the the owner of wcw and then i mean they could have done the invasion angle at that point uh, where they had all like ECW and WCW, but I guess they didn't have ECW at that point. Or, I don't think it was like a final yet. Yeah. Yeah, but um, so there's uh, there is some WCW people in here. Was Eddie Guerrero WCW at this point? Or no, uh, him, Saturn, Benoit, and Malenko all left WWF in two thousand. Oh yeah, that's right. They showed up as the Radicals, remember? Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> uh, I don't know what made them so radical. <laughs> like, I, I'm not sure. Like, I, They were all really good wrestlers. Mm -hmm. I guess. <laughs> but, especially, Dean, uh, especially Dean Malenko. Yeah, I remember when they gave him that weird fucking gimmick where he was like the ladies' man or some shit. Yeah. And it totally didn't work. Oh. <laughs> uh, why, why, why couldn't he just be Iceman? I guess there wasn't enough pri uh, enough personality in that. <laughs> I like that. I liked Iceman Dean Malenko. He was a fucking badass wrestler, man, and he just beat you with wrestling. Mm -hmm. All those. <laughs> anyway, the first match of the night: Chris Jericho versus William Regal for the IC title. Yes, 
Another uh, icy title match. We're not, we're also, also want to point out on the show, JR and Paul Heyman are on. Yes. And it was really good. Amazing. I actually wrote that in like my final notes. I said, probably one of the best commentating WrestleMania matches ever. This, I think this was that time where King had some legal problems going on or some shit. He, I think he actually sued the company. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, because something happened with... Uh, remember that, that chick, the cat, that was in there for like a minute? Hell yeah. Uh, King married her, and something happened where like they let her go or they fired her or some shit. I don't, I don't remember why. But he got really fucking pissed about that, tried to sue them or something. And so they took him off TV, obviously. <laughs> but uh, I guess I, I'm trying to remember the storyline between Jericho and Regal. Jericho is being Jericho. And um, Regal was being a stuffy asshole commissioner. And Jericho didn't like it because he was lame. Yeah. <laughs> and That's he, the story. And he pissed in his teacup. <laughs> I don't remember what the fuck he said in that. He's like, you've invaded my office. What are you doing? He's like pissing in his teeth. Yeah. And then like he did that face after he took the sip. It was amazing. Oh, oh yeah. But I want to say Regal and Jericho probably do one of the best ring psychology in a long time. Yeah. Uh, they made this match believable. Um, I love the Regal stretch. I love Jericho's walls to Jericho. They were shooting with the, the submissions. Uh, they were fucking giving it all, dude. Especially when Jericho was like doing top rope shit. Yeah, they were hit. They were kind of stiff with each other. Did Some you, good snug work. Uh, did you see Regal's chest? Yeah, <laughs> he lit him up. Mm. Jericho does not get enough credit for his chops. No. It's like... Honestly, he's kind of like Flair, I think, with his chops. Yeah. Um, what do you got? I like, the, I like the the pace they set for this match. It was fairly fast, but not too fast. You could still take everything in that they were doing. You could understand what was happening. Well, what I really liked about it is, like, it was, like, high octane, and then it plateaued a little bit, and then high octane, plateau, and they just, they kept a good pace, but not a, like... A pace where it's like, oh, it's going way too slow, or oh, it's going too fast for me to catch up. Yeah, the, like, there wasn't like a super long rest hold spots or anything. Mm -hmm. They do their holds long enough to where it's like, okay, we got they're they're back down. Okay, let's get them again. And I wrote and I wrote this down, and this is like my only final note. As like pretty surprised that it ended on a lion salt. Me too. I was like, oh my god, he beat him with the lion salt. That doesn't happen. Yeah. Very, very rarely does Jericho beat somebody with a lion salt. And I appreciated it a little bit. Because it, yeah. it, it kind of goes like they beat the shit out of each other and Regal was just gassed out and beaten to hell. And just Jericho beat him with a regular move. And that's okay. You don't need to have yeah. finishers and signatures to beat anybody. That was the other part of the story too, though, was like uh, Regal was fucking Jericho's shoulder up. Mm -hmm. throughout the match he was doing like a bunch of these interesting like throws and like these these holds to his to fuck his shoulder up and it, jericho tried to go for the walls but he couldn't keep it locked in because he was injured yeah so he had to beat him with a lion saw 
Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's great. That's good. And I love, um, I love when wrestlers do that. You don't see that every day. No, especially now. Everybody's got to beat each other through goddamn finishers. Finisher, 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 kick out, kick out, kick out, finisher. Oh, we're done. I just want to go back to a point in time where, like, you could beat somebody with a top rope superplex maybe once in a while. Mm-hmm. Or, or like a, a DDT, you know? Or, like, I know they're not allowed to do fucking power drivers anymore. Why not let somebody do a goddamn power driver and beat them? <laughs> like, like, I love that move, and you don't get to see it anymore. Everybody has to do a goddamn flip. Or when they do a pile driver to do the tombstone because it, like it never hits the ring because you tug their head. I love the classic pile driver. It just looks like it looks so awesome, and it it's like oh god, he drove him onto the top of his fucking head. He's done. Well, the classic pile driver is like you put the head between the legs and then you just sit on them. <laughs> yeah, it looks awesome, even though it's like it, it's super safe as long as you know how to fucking do it. Mm-hmm. It's just, that's the problem, though, I guess, is like, a lot of people have forgotten how. They have to do a flip now to make it look cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, Good opener. Good mix of brawling and mat-based wrestling. I liked it. 7.5. Oh, I gave it an 8 out of 10. Ah. All right. This is... I want to say there's actually a few that I... Uh, and I wouldn't count the gimmick one, but anyway... um. Yeah, I didn't count the gimmick Battle Royal as a match because it was like, we'll get to that in a minute. Though. But Taz and APA versus Right to Center, I wrote down, wow, totally forgot the Right to Center for a little bit. <laughs> I kind of did too, but then every time I'm reminded of them, I was like, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, you know how that came about, by the way? Uh, wasn't it because the FCC was like pissing off WWE, so they were just like, we're just going to make fun of them and... Uh... You know, wrestling. Yes. <laughs> he totally wouldn't fucking do that shit anymore. No, because they know that, you know, they'll get get them and all that stuff. Yeah. They lost their balls. <laughs> Damn it, Vince. You lost your balls. You're grapefruits. Find them. <laughs> um, In the beginning, before this match, by the way, uh, JBL, uh, or Bradshaw back when he was in APA, uh, they had their little, remember their little office with like the, the out frame of a door in just like a corner of the backstage. I fucking always loved that. I love the APA office and all that shit. Yeah, but like Bradshaw was pacing and like uh, Farouk was like, sit down, let's fucking play and drink beer and all that stuff. And yeah, he, man. And Bradshaw's like, no, we're here at the Astrodome, you know, we're, you know, sports and stuff happened here like great moments happened and this I'm in- is where kevin dunn wanted him to mention sports for like a million fucking minutes yeah and i was like like i don't give a fuck about this shit i give a fuck about wrestling yeah i was kind of i was kind of even though i'm a big sports fan i was like shut up bradshaw just shut up i i wish they did an angle where like right to censor was like uh i don't know barging in or something like how Every fucking match that happens with the APA is like somebody barges in their office and they're like, we're going to go finish this in the match or they get hired or something like that. Uh, I wrote down, <laughs> I don't know if you noticed, but like Taz was kind of botching a little bit. 
Especially when, yeah. he, especially when he was getting thrown into the ring, like he like fell, tripped and like went into the middle part of the ropes and bounced back. He barely he saved it though. Yeah, he he saved it, but like barely. <laughs> um, and this is when the Godfather was called the Good Father. Uh, what did he call the Ho Train? But did he call it the Good Train? I don't remember. I don't know. I don't remember them calling it anything different. I don't even think they call it anything anymore. Yeah, it's like JR's like he used to do that move to a lot of fanfare, <laughs> and then Paul Heyman's like not anymore. <laughs> and this is when Buchanan was on that team as well. Uh, I wrote down he always does that. I'm gonna you know run up to the ropes, bounce off the ropes, and like close a dual lariat, and that's all he does. I don't know if you ever noticed that Buchanan. No, what's funny is I think I missed that move too. Yeah, good. <laughs> I, I looked down to write something, and then I heard Jr. going like "God," like "God Almighty." <laughs> and I was like, he was talking about Bull Cam. I was like, "Oh fuck it, I'm not going back for that." Yeah. I'm afraid the Apple fucking crash if I try. <laughs> yeah, so he like he does that lariat. I'm like, oh, typical of that. Um, I also wrote down this as well while uh, Farouk was like <laughs> coming back. Taz just like slaps him really hard to go into the match. I was like, "Calm down, Taz. <laughs> I know you want to get in there." He's angry. Mm-hmm. And Taz is like, "What did they call him? The Suplex Machine or something like that?" The Human Suplex Machine. Yeah. I don't know. I don't have a lot of things to say about this match. I th- I thought it was just okay. Um, I consider this a piss break because. I didn't really care for this match at all. What about you? Um, it started out out of control. It was kind of hard to follow for a minute. Mm-hmm. And then they kind of slowed it down, did some stuff. It, it was a little sloppy at points. Fast-paced, but okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like the super back suplex. There's a movie you don't see every day. Yep. Bradshaw hits close sign from hell it's over. Everything else was just kind of stuff. Yeah, I gave this a 6 out of 10. Yeah, I gave it a 5 point. Okay. Now we're going to the hardcore match. Kane, yes. Kane versus Raven versus Big Show. This is when Big Show was like, I want to say at his heaviest point. I think so. And this is also when Kane is in his prime. Yes. Where that his, dude was fucking jacked and shit when he back around this time. He was jacked, and I loved his getup by the way, because he had like I believe the singlet with the uh, with the mask. And yeah, he ditched the sleeve, and he had he just had like the his mask kind of changed a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you had Raven, which uh, I looked at his cart full of weapons, and I laughed. I like how it says Raven on the front of the cart. Yeah. Like, you know that's his cart. Don't fuck with it. He had a, like, um, what was it, like a monkey or something? He had some type of animal toy that he had with him. He had, like, a, um, you know, when you mop the floor, you have to put up the, you know, floor's wet, don't slip and shit. He had that, and I think there was a plant in there. There was. There was a potted fake plant. And I was like, 
This is motherfucking Raven, dude. I this was not like PG era or like ruthless aggression. Uh, I mean, I you don't have to ditch. I, you, you don't have to put like a chainsaw or a fucking like barbed wire, but you can put a bat in there or a chair. There was none of that. <laughs> I I like Raven, but like whenever he was in WWF, they didn't give a fuck about him. Mm-hmm. I don't know why, uh, but yeah, he was never he never amounted to as much as he did in WCW or ECW. There, yeah. Um. I like the spots in this match, um, especially when they went backstage. What they did in the ring, I just didn't give a fuck. I was like, I like that they were they... only in the ring for like a minute or so. Did you notice, by the way, like when they went in the crowd, the crowd was fucking nuts. I forgot how nutty the Attitude Era fans were because yeah, they were trying to like get in the spaces of the wrestlers. And then, like, you start, like, the whole crowd, like, form a circle around them. <laughs> Crowds were hot back then. I mean, because the, the, the product, like, the product, the industry was still hot. Mm-hmm. Like, overall. I mean, yeah, WC, ECW just folded. And WCW was in the process of folding, but they still had a fucking audience. Yeah. So, and, like, this is the tail end of those times. But, like, back then, people were still super hot for fucking wrestling. Uh. That, yeah, I didn't like that part where they got in the crowd. None of the camera guys could keep up with them, and we fucking lost them for like a couple minutes. I don't think it was more of the camera guys losing them. I think just the fans were just like moving too quickly. Yeah, I think they were getting in the way and shit. But either way, we were losing them. Yeah. Until it went to the back, and that's when shit started to get interesting. <laughs> you could tell that WWE built those little rooms, by the way, on how <laughs> how they were built. Uh, yeah. But I love the part where <laughs> fucking Kane chucks Raven through the window. <laughs> yeah, he just fucking throws him through a window and he shit like explodes. And like when, when he goes through, the crowd's like, oh! <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, that was my reaction too. Like, hold, I think I remember I watched this one with Andy one time when we were just hanging out and drinking or some shit. Mm-hmm. And when that happened, Andy went, holy fuck! <laughs> it, just took, it just took him by surprise. Yeah. Uh... But before that happened, because uh, they knocked out Kane, and so Big Show like took Raven, put him in this like little cage area where like I guess the janitor gets their equipment, and he locks yeah. it, locks it with a padlock, and <laughs> and like Jr. goes, "Oh, this will keep him out." Oh, no, no, uh, Paul Heyman says this will keep him out, and and like Kane comes and like rips the cage open, and Jr. goes, "I guess not." <laughs> <laughs> That's his thing, is ripping cage doors off cages. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I thought that was funny because it took a really long time. I don't know if it was gimmicked in any way that uh, Kane would, like, rip it open or something, or you just didn't lock it. Um, the whole sequence was awesome, though. It's like, after that, they go through a door together. Mm-hmm. And then, like, <laughs> they throw, like, they both go through a wall. What year was this, by the way? Was this two th- 2001? Oh, man. Yeah, that's right. Okay, because I was going to be like, wait, uh, Terminator 3 didn't come out yet, because it felt like a Terminator movie a little bit, you know, like when the two Terminators are fighting and they're bashing each other into walls. That's like the imagery I got when Big Show and Kane were bashing each other through the walls. 
I was just thinking of like monsters fighting or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I guess that, that also constitutes that. Um, the part with the golf carts was fucking great. By the way, quick uh, little trivia thing. Remember like when Raven <laughs> drove the golf cart into like the fence area? Yeah. There was like this big long wire tube thing that was there. Apparently that was all the power source to the arena. And if that got fucked up in any way, the w, the pay per view would have been offline. Oh, I remember hearing about that. Yeah, I think he talked about that one time. He's like, "Yeah, I almost killed WrestleMania." <laughs> so I thought that was a nice tidbit, and I I laughed at the because wait, was it Kane or was no Big Show was trying to get Raven. Kane got into another golf cart, and the referee like <laughs> went in the back. That was just fucking comical because it was like Kane is sitting in a golf cart and the referee gets in the back and they start driving. It's the image of Kane driving a golf cart. And it's I, fucking silly. And <laughs> I, I didn't recognize how fast that golf cart was going until he ran over Raven. <laughs> he ran over Raven and he's like, ah, he's falling over and starts selling his leg. What a fucking boss. Yeah, but other than that, uh, I mean, they eventually make it outside. Uh, and then they had to do that, like on the stage. Uh, I get, what area was that? Where the electrical equipment was, or is just like a box area or something like I that? I think they just made an area for them to crash in down there, because it was it was like completely devoid of stuff. It was just like it just looked like a trash pile. Yeah. <laughs> like Big Show tries to press slam Raven off the stage. And then, but like, Kane big boots show, and they both fall in. And then Kane fucking elbow drops off the stage onto him. And then the referee did that weird uh, doing the three count on the side of that box. <laughs> and Jared was like, well, that's an unorthodox count. <laughs> <laughs> and that's it. And um, I gave this match. I'm actually going to put it up a little bit. I'm going to give it a 6.95 out of 10. I gave it a 7.25 out of 10. Okay. Because it was just, I just said crazy hardcore match fun is what this is. Mm-hmm. And that's what it was. It's, it's not quite to the point where it started getting like real dumb. And this is where they took away the 24-7 rule, right? I don't think it was, I don't think it was in existence yet. Wait, yes, it was. You're, you're right. It was. But yeah, I think they, they took, they got rid of it for a brief time. Mm-hmm. Because it was stupid. Yeah, it was overdoing it. Mm. Oh, and then they cut to this. You remember WWF New York? Yeah. And I was like, I was like, what happened to that? And then I remembered I read about it down in like fucking two thousand four or some shit. I actually went to the restaurant. It was good food. What happened to that place? I don't understand. I think, I think their thing was that. They were going to do more house events at MSG or more pay-per-view events, and they were going to make a big deal out of it. And not everybody's a wrestling fan. No. And pretty much it went out of business. It just wasn't making any money. I guess I could see that, yeah, because it's like kind of a themed restaurant thing, mm-hmm. but it's, it's all centered around wrestling. Yeah. But all I could think of was like at that Back then, when they'd always show WWF New York, I'd be like, man, I love to go there and just eat wings and watch wrestling or some shit. 
Well, when I when, see all that memorabilia and shit. When I went there, Big Show was there, and I was, oh, it's so cool. It was cool, but like that—that's when I was still young, and I was like, "Fuck Big Show." <laughs> now the opportunity to meet Big Show would be cool. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, Jimmy Snuka was there, by the way. During, mm. and I was like. I think he was cleared for murder, right? He's not a murderer anymore. I, I don't follow that stuff anymore. I for, I forgot. I lost track of it. Yeah. But I was like, hey, it's Jimmy Snook and the murderer. Maybe. Maybe not. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the next match, I want you to take this because I didn't write notes and I vaguely remember this match. <laughs> you mean Eddie and Test? Yeah. Okay, I'll take over for this. Eddie... Guerrero versus Test for the European title. Test is champion. Um, what the fuck was Saturn wearing? <laughs> I wasn't the only one that took umbrage with this. JR did too. It was like, what the? Why is Saturn wearing that hat? He needs to stop. <laughs> like Paul Heyman was like, what are you talking about? He's like, there's something wrong with him. <laughs> What's great about JR's like commentary is like when he says that stuff, he actually means it. He, mean, he fucking means it, usually. <laughs> I've come to find out over the years. Especially with AEW. Oh my god, yes. Like, <laughs> if, you, if you're if you in tune with, like, the JR code talk and you, you just know how he is, wow. It, it makes it entertaining on, like, a whole other level. <laughs> <laughs> I like the part where Paul... There was some pretty funny commentary, commentating on this match, the stuff with Saturn. I like that part where Paul Heyman was talking shit about Texas. Yeah. How Texas is conquered land and we stole it from the poor Mexicans. <laughs> I was like, wow, what the fuck? I forgot. Um, JR was bringing up, I forgot who he's comparing. I don't know if it was in this match, but like uh, he was comparing somebody to an old time wrestler. And Paul Heyman said, that's another Oklahoma guy. Why do you keep on talking about Oklahoma people? I think he was comparing fucking Eddie to Jack Briscoe or somebody like that. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. Uh, th- wait, that was the next match, I think, actually. I don't know, but back to. Yeah, part- that was, that's when he was talking about Kurt Angle. Because they were talking about the amateur wrestling and he was talking about Jack Briscoe. Oh, yeah. And that's when he, like, Kurt Angle. We'll get to that. We're going to get to that. Anyway. <laughs> um,. Test was looking pretty good in this match, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like Test was kind of overlooked for most of his career. Because I always thought he was a pretty good big guy, actually. Um, I, I, I want to say with Test, like, I'm surprised how long he lasted in the WWF after pretty much that storyline with Stephanie, where Triple H <laughs> married Stephanie while she was passed out. Um, <laughs> Just hearing somebody say that out loud is <laughs> amazing. And then you would think Tess would be, like, done as a performer. But then, like, he made something out of uh, when he was with Prince Albert and Trish when they had the... I think, uh, I think Trish made something out of that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just saying. But still, he still he made something of it. He, he, Test was all, yeah. He was always able to hang on just by something. Mm-hmm. Like he kind of got like a, a good little baby face put 
push here around this time i remember um and he was his his wrestling had stepped up like significantly at this point i remember this match is like proof of it and what was the storyline that they were doing like eddie guerrero was like a referee or something and he interfered and made test lose to what was the xbox i think yeah, and the, he was pissed, and uh, Tess was pissed, and he's like, I'll put the tile in one, and I'll whip your ass. Yeah. That, that was a simple story. Um, yeah, there was... God, yeah, so many cool things happened in this match, though, in terms of, like, the spots they did together. Like, Tess press slams Eddie onto the top turnbuckle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember that. I was that. like, fuck, that was cool. Um... Eddie started working his leg over time, which was good. Mm-hmm. Tess did that fucking crazy tilt a whirl sidewalk slam, yeah. a spinning power bomb. Mm-hmm. This is cool shit. Um, there's a spot where he was going for a full Nelson, but then Eddie did the backwards low blow kick. Yep. Get out. Saturn comes out and tries to interfere. And then Dean Malenko came out with his whatever he was wearing. Wearing. Uh... By the way, did you look at his shoes? Because I did. And I was like, what? No, I didn't, I didn't see this. What is it? It looked like he... Uh, he it looked like... I don't want to say stilettos. But stilettos are girls, I think. Um, he had heeled shoes? Yeah. Well, he's short. I guess, but... <laughs> it was so weird to look at. Because I was like, are those cowboy boots? No. It looked like Italian shoes and shit. But it was funny because he wore like a Hawaiian shirt, obviously. Because wait, no, they were in Nash- Houston. I don't know. I just thought this it was. When, I think this is when Dean was doing the ladies' man shit still. Yeah. So he probably was dressing flamboyantly or some shit, whatever. But I want to point out, and I don't know if you caught this, but like when Dean Malenko came out and he was messing with the referee. The referee was going to look the other way, but he was holding on to the ref so that Eddie Guerrero couldn't hit him with the title belt. Did you notice that? Uh, I didn't actually catch that. Yeah, it was actually, I, I caught that. And I was like, wow, that's really <laughs> awesome that, you know, Dean Malenko did that because the ref was about to look. Like, he was about to turn his head and Dean Malenko, like, tugged on him. Yeah, I didn't catch it. He, he kind of grabbed him. I was My eyes were on Eddie as soon as he came into frame. Mm-hmm. So... But, yeah, I like the finish to this. They did a slick job with the fucking belt thing and, yeah, the, the interfering. Uh, also, Saturn hit the moss-covered three-handled family Gradunza. <laughs> I like how Paul Heyman actually said the name of the but Jericho has this in his uh, list of 1,004 holds that he knows. He knows that. <laughs> Good match, though. Eddie made, made Tess look strong, even though he lost. Mm-hmm. Like, he didn't come out of that looking like he was fucking beat. Like, if anything, Tess was whipping his ass, and it took, like, three people to beat him. Yeah. What'd you give it? 7.5. I gave it a 7.2 out of 10. All right, Kurt Angle versus Chris Benoit. No, you're supposed to say redacted, and then you're supposed to say your uncle, who served in Afghanistan. (laughs) And then you're supposed to say Chris Benoit. I still laugh that people are still liking that uh, post. <laughs> Funny. Like, that's forever becoming an in-joke for me. This is this is Dub's uncle. Um, is, what? It's Chris Benoit. You didn't know he was his uncle. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 
I'm gonna do that every Memorial Day now. That's my thing. Find another picture of him when he's doing tribute to the troops when he's like dressed in gear. Uh, you know what's funny is this match. Um, on the description it says Kurt Angle in a singles match. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like you can't like they, they won't even say he's fighting Chris Benoit like thing. He just says Kurt Angle competes in a singles match. That's fucking weird. And it, it also, I checked in other ones. That's what they always do. In WrestleMania 20, they say Triple H, triple H you know, it says a triple threat match for the WWE title. <laughs> God damn, guys, come on. <laughs> like, we all know. Yeah. Just fucking put his name on the fucking shit. You're not advertising him. Yeah. But I love... Well, the storyline behind this didn't Chris Benoit like make him tap, but he wasn't in a match. That's why like Kurt Angle was talking to Edge and Christian. And yeah, I like that little bit before the match where Edge and Christian are back there, and he's like, he's like repeatedly watching himself tap, and he's like, <laughs> I didn't. If there was never a bell and there wasn't a referee, then you never tapped, right? And then they're looking at him like he's crazy, and Edge is like, Yeah, bro, that's right. Basically. Well, technically. And he's... <laughs> <laughs> well, he's like, I didn't tap. And they're just like, okay, man. <laughs> hey, Lee. <laughs> but I love when Kurt Angle came out and he's like talking trash about Texas. He's like, can you guys, just, can you guys just stop wearing cowboy hats? You're not children. And, <laughs> and Paul Hammond goes to JR. He's like, yeah, stop wearing a cowboy hat. You know what's really you know what's really funny is months later, like not even like that many months later, like a couple months later, they do a backstage segment where Kurt Angle's back there with Steve Austin and Vince McMahon when they're bestest friends. And he's wearing which a, is funny. And he's wearing a he's wearing, the yeah, the little cowboy hat. He's like, do, do I get a hat too? And then Austin gives him one. He's like, I feel just like a real cowboy. Yippee Kaye. <laughs> I fucking love that shit. It's stupid as fuck, but it's funny. I wrote down. I, Chris Benoit still has like the most intimidating theme song ever. Do, 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 do. And he just comes out, and he like now, now since you know he's a murderer. <laughs> <laughs> I guess yeah. Like now you go, holy shit, he's coming. <laughs> he's gonna. He's. It's gonna be an intense match. Two, I, two things. Two things. Do you remember when Edge and Christian were doing the kazoo thing? Yes. Music. Mm -hmm. that, one, that one was always my favorite who's like Chris Benoit is here and he's really mad <laughs> Chris Benoit is here and he's really angry <laughs> <laughs> but the other thing was I wrote down are you able to watch a Benoit match objectively because this would be the test right now objectively meaning like you, you the fact what fucking happened won't affect how you look at this match Oh, no, I don't go... I'm not like these idiots that go, he's a murderer, he's fucking stupid. You know, one out of two. I mean, one out of ten. Uh, right. Chris Benoit... And I forget... Oh, this was a Paul Heyman interview that I saw where I, he was in England. Yeah. And, and he was talking about, uh, you know, bringing up Brock and shit. And apparently Brock was supposed to face Chris Benoit at some point. Oh, and, God. And... um. This one guy in, in the crowd kept on going, my boy. And then, like, Paul Heyman just, like, went off on him. He's like, 
Chris Benoit, great wrestler. As a person, fucking asshole. Because <laughs> in England, you get the curse and shit. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, I agree with Paul Heyman. You know, he's an asshole for killing his family, and I get that, you know, the brain shit and all that stuff probably did a number on him, all the con- concussions. Um, but, you know, it's fucked up what he did to his family. Even here's, if... Yeah, like, here's the, here's my point. You know what? A lot of people in wrestling have done a lot of really shitty things. Mm-hmm. And, like, some of it is comparable to that. Some, like, Snooka, the, the murder thing. Like, I, I don't know what fucking happened, but... You don't hear people fucking talking about Jimmy Snooker murdered somebody. I can't watch his matches anymore. Yeah. Nobody fucking says that about him. It's, it's, I don't know. It's, this got way over sensationalized. Like, and I think that Jimmy Snooker, the thing with him was like way after the fact. He wasn't really active anymore. But there's, there's other shit. Dynamite Kid was a huge fucking asshole in wrestling. Yeah. He did all kinds of awful shit to people. And like, people don't say, I can't watch Dynamite Kid. Dynamite, Dynamite Kid got a shout out in this WrestleMania from Paul Heyman comparing uh, Chris Benoit doing a move. Legit, like, hey, we just came off watching Dynamite Kid for a minute. Like, yeah. how much did Benoit actually rip off Dynamite Kid? A lot. Yeah. But uh, this match, and to go back on your point about Chris Benoit, I don't, I don't, like I said, I don't look at a per- person on what they did and be like. Oh, you know, since they did this, they're a shitty person or, or a shitty wrestler now. Chris Benoit is probably one of my favorite wrestlers. Wrestlers, not as a person. That's right. But uh, I love this match in the beginning because they're they're doing straight up wrestling on the ground. Yeah, like the first four, five minutes of this is just them just doing amateur wrestling shit, basically. Mm-hmm. It was really good, and the crowd actually got into it. Until a point where Kurt Angle was getting out-wrestled by Benoit and uh, started getting into, like, WWE wrestling mode. He just punched him. Yeah. And then that's when the shit started to, like, not hit the fan. Well, in a sense, hit the fan, but in a good way. Where, like, oh, now we're just typical WWE match, and you're going to just see suplex after suplex. I love that... uh, Every time Kurt Angle does an ankle lock, like he always has to lift the guy off the ground. Chris Benoit, he just puts his body weight on on them and does the ankle twist. I don't know if you noticed yeah. that. I did. He kind of does it like how Ken Shamrock used to do it, mm-hmm. where he, he would like kind of kneel and like really put more of an angle on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I like that spot, man. Angle threw Benoit on the stairs, and the stairs flew up in the fucking air. <laughs> I was like, holy fuck. That was a good one. But uh, uh, the referee bump, I I thought it was hilarious. I, yeah. I, I love how refs just get knocked out real easily. Yeah. And uh, when he puts Kurt Angle in the, the crossface, like, obviously Kurt Angle's tapping. And I don't know why. Maybe it's because of the whole murdering thing. Like, I thought Chris Benoit would, like, get angry and start, like, like tugging on the referee, like, really hard. Like, wake the fuck up. But he's, like, very calm about it. He's like, hey, wake up. Yeah, he's just kind of, like, tapping him. He's like, hey, pal, get up. Hey, we got a match. <laughs> I'm going to win. I need you to help me win. Yeah. But, uh, 
I, all I have left on the notes is that Kurt Angle wins by a pin, not by submission. And wasn't that what he was going for by a submission because he wanted to make Chris Benoit tap? That's what he said. Yeah, but yeah, that's part of Kurt Angle's fucking character. He's just doing heel shit. He's just, he says one thing and then he does a totally different. Then hmm. he's like, "Well, that didn't matter." <laughs> uh, I this match was good. The, it could have been possibly great, but I think the finish was like not good in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was weird. It's like Benoit went for his Germans and then Kurt Angle low blowed him. He did the reverse low blow kick. And then Benoit no-sold the low blow and tried to wrestle him down for a pin, and then Kurt countered the pin. He, he pulled his tights. He actually cheated, too. That was the other thing. He cheated to win. Um, I was just like, he fucking kicked him in the nuts, and Benoit no-sold it. Maybe he's just crazy. Maybe Benoit has no balls. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> no. he, has, he has no balls. That's why he killed his family. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I just thought the finish was illogical. Uh, otherwise, seven point seventy five. I give it a seven point seven point five out of ten. Yeah. All right, China versus Ivory. And Ivory's wait, pro- what? Wait. Kamala invaded Regal's office, and it was funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then they showed that video package of them at Fort Hood. Yeah. Uh, and Kurt Angle was being a heel to all of the, the fucking service people, and it was hilarious. Yeah, I thought that was funny because everybody was out of character except Kurt Angle. Except, yeah, except, except Kurt. Yeah. He was like, could you give this to me like as a medal instead to like wear around my neck? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was like just saying a bunch of other... I don't remember what else he said, but I was like, is he really saying this shit to them right now? <laughs> He's just, he's just full on being a heel. It's like great. Kurt Angle was fucking hilarious back then. Yeah, not like when he retired here. Uh, what was it, like two years ago now? Yeah. Well, at that point, it was like, I think it was a couple things. One, they're not going to boo him ever. Mm. Two, he's stuck in what WWE has to do to everybody now and script the shit out of you and like I'm not saying Kurt never worked off a script. He might have been one of those guys that did before, and we just didn't know it. Yeah, no, but his delivery, you know, is just it wasn't the same. Mm-hmm. Sometimes he was funny. Sometimes a little bit of that old come out. Yeah. Something with Kurt Angle really clicked. It's a side note. I watched his uh, Olympic gold medal match where he won it with a br- broken freaking neck. Um, yeah. Was it a like? And I'm not downplaying the broken net neck, but he he didn't look like he was because you know when you break your neck you kind of like stumble a little bit, kind of like what Stone Cold did when uh, Owen Hart broke his neck on a pile driver. Like yeah, I I think he had a different kind of breakage going on. Yeah, because he uh, he was still going enough to like lift and everything, and maybe the adrenaline was kicking in. I don't know. I think I think the way he told it was it was more of a pain thing than like a numbness and weakness thing. Okay. He was exp- he was experiencing a lot of pain like radiating from that point. Mhm. And he was just fucking up on the painkillers through that shit. And that's the start of his downfall. <laughs> the painkillers. Also, after this match, Kurt Angle tries to cut a promo and then Benoit attacks him and cross faces him and makes him tap back. Yes, and I, I 
I, I laughed at that. I was like, he's tapping now. <laughs> Continuing the feud. Yes. But China versus Ivory. Ivory, part of Right to Censor. Um, I laughed at this like video buildup because how China, quote-unquote, broke her neck or injured her neck is like, remember when she did that stupid like uh, flip, flip and try to elbow into the corner? Yeah, the great Muda elbow thing, except she can't do it like him, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, it, she hit her neck on the turnbuckle, uh, and it got injured. And, uh... And then they pal-drive the fuck out of her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, are we sure that's not what did it? Because that one looked brutal. Yeah. Um, And then they showed when China came back... Uh, because Ivory was in a like bra and panties match. That's what they did back in the Attitude Era. Um, <laughs> when two females faced each other, and the winner uh, won when you took off the your opponent's clothes, and there was bras and panties. Yeah. But China came out, interfered, and like ripped Ivory's clothes at all, and there was bra and panties. And with right to censor is to make sure that there's no curse words or any nudity in any way or any sexual content so that was like a big thing um what i wrote about this match is china looks good looking i don't know was she off the roids at this point um i think she had slimmed down a little and i think she also got a little bit of work done mm-hmm. uh, like i remember her chin used to be like a lot bigger yeah, it looked like I'm not. I'm not trying to make fun of her or anything, because uh, I don't, I don't, I don't have anything against her. I'm just saying she looked like um, a tick a little bit. <laughs> uh, Jim Cornette always said she had an Ant- Antonio Inoki chin, <laughs> and if it's true. If you look at like he had that really prominent chin, she kind of does had. She did have the same ch- style chin. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, she looked pretty good here. She was also super fucking over. Yeah. Probably because of the right sensor, like they were so heelish. So I remember back then, China was really over. It's just she got hurt because she was wrestling dudes. Yeah, it's just I mean, she's a really big, strong girl, but like she's wrestling guys. You're just gonna hit harder. <laughs> yep. And I, I really, I really like China's get up. It kind of had like a Wonder Woman esque to it a little bit. And yeah. I like that she came out with the firework rocket launcher thing yeah that was always cool when she did that yeah yeah um this was a quick match wasn't it right yeah like i scored it because it wasn't really a squash exactly it wasn't like she just murdered her with like two moves because mm-hmm. ivory had offense on her for a bit yeah also she was like really hilarious in the beginning where she's like no don't don't kill me and she's like kissing the title and shit. She's like, no, don't do it, please. And then she just like attacks her like as soon as she gets an opportunity. And this was uh, when they still had the women's title, right? Yep. I like that women's title better than what they have now. Just really? Saying. Yeah. I just think it should look different. Like I get what they're trying to do. I get the state. Well, it's the same. It's equal. It's like, yeah, I I get that. But I don't know. It just looks like kind of lame because it's the same thing except the straps white it's obviously better than the divas title <laughs> oh yes anything's better than that fucking thing the damn tramp stamp belt <laughs> yeah it's what it's what it is but uh 
let's see. I don't have it mean notes. I mean, Ivory does the shit. He kind of punches her down. And the punches <laughs> look kind of rotten, I have to admit, at that point. Yeah. Uh, China finally gets an advantage and just starts dominating her, obviously, as it should be. Hits a big-ass powerbomb. Gets the cover and is like, nope. <laughs> and picks her up for a gorilla press. And then dumps her and does a very relaxed pin. Yep. That's I what wrote I wrote job in capital letters. <laughs> and this was was this near the end of Ivory's career, pretty much? No, this was actually the end of China's career almost. Oh yeah, that's right. Because uh, Ivory was like she's still an RTC, but like at some point they kind of uh I think when the invasion shit started happening, they pretty much killed that angle mm-hmm. with them. They killed the stable off quietly, as far as I know. See, and then Ivory just kind of came back as I'm Ivory again. See, I wouldn't mind Ivory coming back as a manager for some of the women. She does have good mic skills. Yeah, she was one of the few women back then that actually did have good mic skills because, like, a lot of them honestly didn't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it was weird. It's like some of them were really over, but like, none of them could talk, like, outside of Sonny, who wasn't there anymore and hadn't been for a long time. Mm hmm. Like, Sable was awful. Anytime she had the microphone, my God, it was fucking terrible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Trisha was okay, but not good enough. She got better. Mm-hmm. Um, I gave this a 5.75 out of 10, mostly because it was like, just, it was, wasn't long. Nothing was bad other than some rotten punches. Uh, it was kind of fun. Like, Ivory did good. China was China and just did. Oh my god, like she's big and she fucking power bomber. It was fun. I gave it a 6.0 out of 10. Yeah. All the right. Man family segment. Boy, oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> the build up to this, obviously, because of WCW. And um, I don't know. I always felt like with the McMahon family, there's like some weird incest that happens. There's like, yeah, you always feel like there's like Vince is weird. Yeah. I'm not saying him as a person is actually weird like that, but he, he makes his character like that. Well, no, uh, Stephanie McMahon, like daddy's little girl. And yeah, she, yeah. I was like, oh, that's weird. Like, I get it. Like, but you don't have to put it on like a skimpy outfit where her like tits are showing kind of a little bit. Well, she just had that work done and she wanted everybody to know what it was about. <laughs> Then Chris Jericho started making fun of her, and it was amazing. So, what, did Linda McMahon have a a mental breakdown where she was in a wheelchair? Was that the thing? Yeah, she had a mental breakdown because Vince is insane. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm sure this is the first time this has happened. And Vince is banging Trish, and Trish is wheeling Linda McMahon around. That's right. And then they also made it a point to show you that Trish was like subjugated by Vince McMahon. <laughs> she was like, I'll do anything. And he's like, get on all fours and bark like a dog. Woof, <laughs> woof. And she's like crying in her <laughs> underwear. <laughs> like, God damn. My God. Uh, we've come a long way. <laughs> Oh, and Mick Foley's the special guest referee. I don't know why. Why did he... Was it, was it because, like, he liked Linda McMahon? Uh, 
I think. And also, I think, I don't know, they wanted Mick Foley to do something. <laughs> but, uh, let's see. Vince opens up with punches and starts choking his son. <laughs> and uh, Shane starts to uh, gain some offense and, like, Stephanie gets pissed off. Yeah, because he starts beating the fuck out of his father. <laughs> <laughs> just That's basically what happens. It's like, first he tries to murder his son, and then Shane's like, oh yeah, I'm half his age. He starts beating the fuck out of him. Yeah, and I, I don't know how to explain this match, because there's like a lot of outlandish shit that happens in this match. To the, there is. <laughs> to the point where... Stephanie's involved, and then weapons are involved, and... Shane tries to put Vince through the table, you know, with the elbow, but he just crashes and burns because Vince gets off at the last second. He's out for, like, a good five to ten minutes while sports entertainment happens. And then there was a part where Vince is looking at Linda McMahon and goes, You bitch! <laughs> I lost my shit when he did that. <laughs> And then JR pointed, did you just hear what he just said? And Paul <laughs> Paul Heyman was quiet because obviously the boss is right there. Yeah, he's not gonna say anything. Mm. <laughs> and um I love the coast to coast because I think this is where he showcased it, right? Or would did he do that do that with uh what's that fucking guy's name? The uh, Smith, the martial artist dude, Steve Smith. Steve Blackman. Steve Blackman, there you go. Steve Smith. (laughs) (laughs) um, Let's see. Vince assaults his son in front of his wife. Yes. He wants her to see this, so he puts her in the ring in like a fold-up chair in the corner. Mm -hmm. And then Linda gets out of the chair, and then the crowd starts going ape shit. Yes, and then when he has the, the garbage can over his head... Um, he opens his legs so that she can kick him. I don't know if you noticed that. <laughs> yeah, he kind of... Uh, yeah, she kicks him in the nuts, and it's like a huge reaction. And then, oh, he, uh, Vince McMahon fucks up Mick Foley. And then Mick Foley comes back in and beats the shit out of Vince. Where Paul, For another really big reaction. And, and Paul Heyman is yelling, saying, referees can't do that. And then that's when Shane McMahon did the coast-to-coast with the uh, garbage can. And then one. Garbage day. <laughs> I want to say, yeah, it was Spotfest. It had a really good storyline. Um... But they did put on a good show. Like, that crap was hot. They were into it. Especially when, like, Shane McMahon was doing things. Because everybody knows Shane McMahon was a fucking crazy fuck on whatever he does. Yep. And uh, I gave this an 8.5 out of 10. I gave it a 7.25 out of 10. Oh, okay. So it, was, it, was fu- it was fun. I had fun with it a lot. Uh, uh it's just that a lot of it was just kind of hamming for camera work, mm-hmm. you know, towards like the latter half of the match. I'm not complaining. I'm just saying uh, to me, it was goofy sports entertainment fun. 
Yeah. It's basically what it was. It was like very sports entertainment. Yeah, but it's it's very memorable, and it sure was. Yeah, it was. I always think about this too when I think about this this show. Mm-hmm. This comes up, and the next thing comes up. TLC, table two, two, um, with Edge and Christian, with the Dudley Boys, uh, and the Hardy Boys, and boy, oh boy, was this a spot fest, but like in a good way. Um, yeah. And one one difference hey, between this and the Money in the Bank match was they always left room for shit to breathe in this. Mm-hmm. It wasn't they weren't rushing around trying to get in position for shit all the time. When they would get hit with something, they would sell it. Yeah, and um, there there's three things that uh, came out of this. Uh, when I forgot, was it Matt Hardy and I think Devon, like, or probably Bubba, when they got pushed out and went through the tables on the outside? I thought that was cool. I thought the Edge spearing Jeff Hardy off of the the belt hang thing was really cool. That still gets played in fucking video packages today. Yeah, uh, I don't know. I know what Jeff Hardy was trying to do with those ladders, but I thought he was gonna injure himself yeah because i was like i see where you're going you're trying to be all athletic and stuff um but that was <laughs> that was cool um spike dudley came out dudley dog and <laughs> i like how he, rhino comes out <laughs> yeah like he spike dudley like bulldogs fucking christian into the table which i thought was like exciting a little bit i don't know why and then it was Le- cool yeah lita came out with her thong showing and doing uh hurricane rana to who was it i forgot who it was but she did Rhino, a- I think. yeah and then she got fucked up and i thought that was funny because like she's in with all these guys and she's doing this hurricane rana i was like come on you guys are like so powerful against her and then she just got owned she got yeah. leveled yeah <laughs> And everybody's like, ooh, because you hit a girl. And I was like, well, she, she put herself in that situation. Fuck her. I mean, I feel like Paul Heyman said something like that, actually. <laughs> um, but I really appreciated it. Like, if you if you see matches like this today, um, you wouldn't be able to keep up with it. Like, no. Like when Lita and Rhino and Spike Dudley were coming up, I want to say that's the only part where like things were going a little bit crazy because they were doing all these run-ins and stuff. But it was in a way where it's like they did one move and that's it. They didn't need to like, uh, for example, AEW where like they do fifty million uh, super kicks and um, swanton dives and fucking four fifties. 690s, whatever. Yeah, it was literally like Spike runs out, he Dudley dogs two people. Mm-hmm. Rhino comes out, fucking destroys Spike, and puts Matt or somebody through a fucking table in the corner. Oh no, Lita, Lita got 3D'd by the, the Dudley boys. That's how she got Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. And then, like, yeah, Lita came out and then did shit to Rhino, and then, yeah, man, she's out. Mm-hmm. It's fine. <laughs> I. I totally forgot about this match 
And what? You forgot about this match? No, no, like as far as the ending, who who won? Oh, who won? Okay. Yeah. Um, because I was like, who? I was like, did the Dudley Boys win again? I forgot. And I was like, oh, this is when Rhino like lifts Edge or something. He he gives Christian a boost up the ladder. Yeah, which was funny. And then when they won, I don't know, maybe because they were heels, like they were getting booed. They were. They yeah. they were heels. Yeah, and I think the other thing is they've won every TLC match up to this point. Oh, so they won one and two. Yeah, like well, the one in two thousand was actually a ladder match. Mm-hmm. But they, but it was really the first TLC style match. Okay. Um, and then I think they won at the SummerSlam one. I can't remember now. Uh, it, I feel like it was them because I always felt like, yeah, they won all of the big TLC matches. It's just that's how it always ended up. Yeah. I don't have any other notes. Do you have any notes? What's up? Oh yeah. <laughs> and then fucking Jr. says this will adversely affect your sexual life. <laughs> that's a good one uh, I like that spot where they were all climbing ladders in the middle mm-hmm. and then they all fell down <laughs> um, let's see what else do I got here Jeff did the swanton to Ryan and Spike through fucking ladder or like or no through tables off of a fu- fucking 20 foot ladder yeah he's crazy that was fucking nuts. You could tell it hurt when he was done too, because he he's like, Ugh. he makes that face and he just kind of slumps over. <laughs> he's like, fuck. Um, yeah, you mentioned the spot where Bubba and Matt go through the tables on the outside. That was cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is an amazing match. It's exciting every time I watch it. Like, I was. Sometimes I use this as an example to like show somebody like it's like he's like why do you like wrestling? He's like watch this shit. Yeah. <laughs> Where do you see shit like this at? Like honestly, I would actually that would be probably one of my top five to show as a showcase. I, that was always one of my go tos when someone inevitably talk about wrestling. I would be like watch this. It would be one of the TLC matches. Yeah, because I, I guarantee if you'd start off with like matches in the 80s and early 90s people were like wow you know this is kind of lame but like if you give them and be like hey here's a tlc match it'd be like holy shit this was wrestling yeah you got to show them something exciting pal yeah <laughs> i give this an 8.95 out of 10 9.25 out of 10 oh shit classic i always think of this match too when i think of this show <laughs> And boy, was it was it good. Um, so they have to cool down after that TLC. So they decide, let's do a gimmick battle royale. <laughs> I like how they called it gimmick battle royal. Yeah. And uh, they had uh, Bobby Heenan and Gene Okerlund as the commentators, which was awesome. And it was weird too because we just we've heard them so much lately. And it's like they're back, and it's like 2001. <laughs> <laughs> and it's interesting because since they brought up WCW, and since Mean Gene and Bobby Heenan was in WCW, I guess this was kind of like a homecoming. Yeah, it was, and I think I think Mean Gene does say something like that actually on the commentary. He's like, "This is a whole bit of a homecoming for us, isn't it, pal?" Mm-hmm. It's 
they both had some zingers in this too. <laughs> like when Iron Sheik was coming down to the ring, <laughs> he even goes, by the time the Iron Sheik gets to the ring, it'll be WrestleMania 38. <laughs> <laughs> and then there was like, so they were going back and forth for a bit. And then Gene says, if they wrap this cord around my neck a few more times, I'll be happier. <laughs> wow. What the fuck? There was a part where Lagoon came out. It's like, who, who, who would name their uncle Lagoon? <laughs> yeah, they, they had a zinger for everybody. Mm-hmm. Repo Man came out, and like some some people look great, like despite being gone for a while. Like uh, Repo Man looked pretty good. Um, fucking Earthquake looked the same. He didn't look like he changed any. Hillbilly Jim looked the same. Yeah, he looked. I think he slimmed down even at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, Jim James E. Cornette came out. Oh, <laughs> I was like, yes, and I remember he, he was telling that story about how like um. Him and Bruce Pritchard agreed to just fight each other <laughs> while everybody else like is like so we don't get fucked up or something. Let's just punch each other in the corner until we get thrown out. That was their plan. That's awesome. Um, um Sergeant Slaughter too. He looked good. Yeah, and by the way, Iron Cheek won, by the way, which is awesome. Cheeky baby won this, thank yeah. God. But Sergeant Slaughter was like pissed off. Did you notice that? He was mad. I mean, he lost to the he lost to Iran. <laughs> so America lost. So he got in there and he fucking corrected that shit. Never gave him his fucking time. It's like Hulk Hogan. Let him let him go over, brother. His <laughs> show after they got you know Sarge got his revenge in that shit. They showed like a little video package and it showed like that footage of him from like probably Tuesday Night Titans or something where he's like at a fucking training camp and he's like shooting a machine gun and then he <laughs> says that was then now he shoots blanks <laughs> I was like oh, that's brutal man Bobby Heenan is probably one of the uh, amazing when he was with Gorilla Monsoon those are the dynamic duo especially, oh yeah especially when Bobby Heenan this is what I miss in like heel commenta- uh, color commentating is Bobby Heenan. Nobody will ever get close to him. Nobody. Nope. But uh, yeah, that was a battle royale. I didn't. I didn't rate it. <laughs> I didn't rate it either because it was meant to just be kind of like a a silly fun segment thing. It wasn't a match really. Mm-hmm. Triple H versus the Undertaker. The forgotten. The, forgot- the forgotten match. Yes. Well, I don't think anybody else, like fans, probably didn't forget about this match, but WWE tries to make, the, especially when Triple H and Undertaker were feuding again a few years ago, they tried to act like this match didn't happen. Yeah, because they kept on saying, like, let's have our third match, and I'm like, wait, this is your fourth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But he was, uh... Oh. Motorhead. Oh. What did you think of the buildup for this though? First, um, I don't know. I really didn't care for uh, Biker Taker that much. The only reason why I like pop for Biker Taker now because it's like everybody hates the Biker Taker gimmick. I liked it back in the day, actually. I liked it in the beginning, but then I was like, "All right, get off the motorcycle." Actually, no, I digged him on the motorcycle because he got to the ring faster. Um, yeah, man, he gets the fastest entrance. Yeah. 
Um, like it was good. I liked it. I liked that you know Undertaker was like I'm badass, and then Triple H is like I cripple people. That's what I'm known for. Like there it is. And he's like gonna fuck him up, and he's like, "Boy, you fuck with me, I'll make you famous." And then they're start like like Triple H fucked him up with the sledgehammer, bust his head open, and then he fucked his bike up. And it was cool because he was kind of getting one ups on him, you know. Now let's go back though. Let's uh, when Steffi McMahon did a restraining order against the Undertaker. And... Yeah, and he also did like really cheesy heel shit like that. Yeah. <laughs> Fun. Like I'll keep my wife with me at all times, so you can't touch me. <laughs> Fun story, by the way. Uh, yeah. The part where uh, Kane has uh, Stephanie McMahon in a body press, a grill body press, on the top of the <laughs> stairs. Yeah, that was funny. Uh, true story, because they had to hold her up that that long. Um, they got a mannequin body and put clothes on it, and had Stephanie off to the side screaming. I couldn't tell. No, I, I, I guess I, I heard. About I wasn't it. looking that closely. I heard about it. It looked. I just thought it was her. Yeah. Well, they, they fooled me. But uh, I, I thought that scene was funny. Because <laughs> like, but, the restraining or, the restraining order was against the Undertaker, not Kane. I guess <laughs> <laughs> true. But uh, um, what are you gonna yeah, say? I was gonna say, oh, you know, I, I thought it was really awesome at Motorhead played triple h to the ring um did you know notice- the first time that's that's not the last time that happens either did you notice lemmy was kind of drunk a little bit oh fuck yeah because he kept on messing up with the lyrics he's like it's time to play the game and then you play it <laughs> he kind of fucks with the lyrics anyway like whether or not he's inebriated who knows but it's lemmy i don't give a shit i can't criticize him yeah and I, <laughs> I like the part where triple h is like pointing at him and then they had to like show Lemmy, and it, I guarantee they like the cameraman's like, "Hey man, point back to the Triple H." He was fucking. He was drunk, man. He didn't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but this match was pretty good. I highly enjoyed it. Um, I like when he <laughs> he tells Triple H, "You're going old school," and then he does the old school move. But the the, the 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 ropes and shit. I like the old school. I like when Undertaker does the old school. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I do. I know. I do though. I like that part. Um, there's a lot of parts this match I really liked. It, it it was just a fucking brawl kind of match. It was very brawly. Um, yeah, but it was good though. This was not a. How oh, the referee gets a bump in this, right? And that's how the sledgehammer comes into play. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I forget what happens. Actually, it's like I think, yeah, I got it wrote down here. Uh, ref bump. Uh, I think Taker ran into the referee by accident or something, and then he recovers really fast, and then he choke slams uh, Triple H and he barely kicks out. <laughs> like the, the it wasn't like one of those ref bumps where he's dead. He was like momentarily dazed. And he was a little slow to count. But what I liked about that was, like, Undertaker got fucking pissed. And he counted, too. It's like he knew he was going to beat him. So he just punches the referee out. <laughs> and then he's, he's like, he struck the referee. Who gives a damn about the referee? 
I, I all I wrote on this is like it's really brawly. Um, I like that uh, the sledgehammer came into play. Like, did he hit his back? Because why was his head bleeding? By the way, I that was the only part of this I thought was a bit odd. Was because yeah, it looked like w- at the end when he was going for that fucking. Uh, this was like part of the end sequence. He was going for that last ride, and then he like had the sledgehammer. And he hit him in the back. Mm-hmm. And then next thing you know, he gets up. His head's bleeding. Yeah. What is it? Yeah, okay. <laughs> it might have been the camera angle. I don't know. Because you would think like when he's up in the air and he's about to do the last ride, you you know how like Triple H he does that. I'm gonna hold the sledgehammer, hit your head, kind of move. I thought that's yeah. that's what he was gonna do, but like he full on swinged on his back. He hit him so hard his head busted open. Maybe. <laughs> um what what did I gotta say here? This is when fucking fucking H is in his prime, man. Mm-hmm. Another time where it's like somebody's right in their prime. This is it. He was on he was literally on the top of his game at this time. He was in the best shape. Uh and like he was just on it. Like he was like one of the top main event guys at this time. And then he fucking tore his quad like yeah. a couple months later. And that sucked, man. Could you imagine how different the invasion would be if he was around for it? Yeah. That, that's kind of weird. Like, I, I'm not sure about this, but I feel like he would have been a baby face and he would have been on the, the WWF side. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the, crowd fighting i'm always a sucker for that and then when they go in that weird sound area that's cool too because you usually don't see something yeah um, i read that as well i was like wow they went all the way all out with the in the crowd and sound area and stuff that part man when triple h grabs that chair he beats the fuck out of taker with it mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just like oh my god <laughs> he must have hit him like fucking 13 times or something um yeah, Taker choke slams him off the thing and then elbow drops him off of it. Mm-hmm. That was really cool. <laughs> like, at this point, Triple H is fucked up. I think he's, was he bleeding? Yeah. Yeah, and then like EMTs come out and then Undertaker beats up the EMTs. Well, it's first, He's like, no, you're not fucking checking on him. It's personal because he like beat up his motorcycle, so. <laughs> yeah, that's like more important to him than his wife or some shit. Um... Let's see. Yeah, they do the sledgehammer thing. Uh, there was that really cool tombstone reversal spot. Yep. Uh, then, like, they go to the corner after that weird sledgehammer business, and then last ride. Big last ride. Oh, yeah. Pin. Great match. 9 out of 10 for me. 8.5. Well, we're pretty close. Yeah. The forgotten first match. This is a forgotten class. Yeah, sure, it's a class. It's a WrestleMania, I would say. Main event time. Stone Cold Steve Austin versus The Rock. For the WWF title. Made no disqualification to everybody's surprise. Yeah, even JR. Because he was like... yeah, he was like, I, I, I didn't know about this. <laughs> and it was done for a reason. Storyline. Um, 
this was their second match, by the way. You said that there was a first one at WrestleMania. Yeah, it was a it was a uh, a fifteen in ninety nine. I don't remember that. I didn't see that one actually. Like I, that, that was another one of those ones. Um, I don't even think. I think I remember watching that match on a DVD set one time, but I don't recall it very. Well. And, and Stone Cold wins the first two, right? That's why The Rock wins the third one. I guess. Plus, yeah, he's retiring in that one. Yeah. Um, the bill package for this is like probably one of the best ones ever. Yeah. The, this time I'm gonna let it all hang out. <laughs> it was. It was just building up that story where like. It, it's like you got these two guys and like Austin is like he 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 was the guy but due to like injury kind of shit the rock kind of took his place a little yeah and it's like I still got to prove I'm the fucking best and this is this is what it's all about besides that mess with Deborah <laughs> and that's um, when that's when Vince like made Deborah the uh the rock's uh, manager and shit yeah and The Rock is like, I don't need a manager. I'll beat your ass anyway. And all that and stuff. So I thought that was funny. The interviews that they had back in the day uh, with The Rock. This is like when The Rock started becoming his own. Like, he was a heel with the corporation. And I believe the corporation uh, died out a little bit. And this is, he was still part with, like, heel with Vince, Vince McMahon. And... Yeah. That's why, like, you know, obviously near the end, like, you're, you're thinking that Vince is coming out for The Rock, but lo and behold, it's for Steve Austin. Yeah. But, um, this, this match, boy. Oh my god, dude, the atmosphere for this match was, is insane. Rock does his little, uh, overselling a little bit, but that's besides the point. Um, the, the fuck I, I I forgot there was blood in this match. There's so much blood. <laughs> like the rock was bleeding, but then when you looked at Stone Cold, it's like holy shit. Yeah. Um. It looked like a lot of stiff shots as well. Like it looked like Stone Cold was like selling it really well. I don't know if you were getting the same uh, feeling. They. I think they worked very snugly. I don't think it was stiff, but it was very close. Where I Austin's admitted when he throw he's throwing punches, sometimes they they go a little wayward, mm-hmm. so to speak. He he owns that. <laughs> um, I like how it just started with the brawling, and then the crowd immediately lost their shit. Like that's when you know, like these are some real legit stars. It's like they just they can just look at each other. Or they just start punching each other, and people like lose their mind. I just want to. I just want to say that just doesn't happen anymore, though. I just want to. I just want to say the Rock does a better stunner than Kevin Owens. He fucking does. Because <laughs> I was like, right when the Rock did, I was like, Kevin Owens, that's how you're supposed to do it. The fuck. <laughs> I like it, the pace they set in this match too. It was like it was fast when it needed to be, and it slowed down too when it needed to. Mm-hmm. Very good stuff there, and I don't know if you noticed. Like there are times where, yeah, Stone Cold could be a little assholeish in the ring, but he was being too much of an asshole with the referee and The Rock. 
where you yeah it was start it was starting to get out of hand a little bit in the middle yeah because you were just like why is he pushing the referee i get it that he used to do that but like he also did heel tactics where he was rubbing his uh knee across the the face of the rock yeah which i was like well i obviously know what the outcome is gonna be i was like i didn't catch we all know. yeah i was like i i didn't catch that the first time or the first few times i watched that so like, yeah, it's like it, 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 the intensity kept building. He started getting more and more like kind of hateful mm-hmm. with his offense and shit. And it, it kind of shows you that again. And I I want to reiterate. I do know the outcome, but like they, it looked like he wanted to do this on his own. But obviously, if he can't do this on his own, Vince would intervene in some way. Mm-hmm. So I was that a thing that him and Vince were working out, or was Vince coming out and saying this is my dog now? <laughs> Pretty much, I, I get, yeah, I think I guess so. I mean, to me, it looks like uh, I th- I don't remember the immediate like uh, aftermath of this, like what what they did on the next Raw or something. If they explained their actions or anything. Mm-hmm. Because uh, I actually missed this WrestleMania back then, and I was on like a little bit of a break from wrestling. Wow. Uh, yeah, believe it or not, like at this time I, I was, and I for the life of me I can't remember why. I don't remember being upset or anything. I just wasn't watching for a few months. I slacked off. Well, we were both young, so like maybe I don't know. Video games got in the way, maybe. I, I think I got distracted by video game shit. Yeah, and but I came back when the invasion was starting. Yeah, that's also a good point to be in as well. Um, um, but like I think what they were going for was Vince wanted to go with Austin because maybe he thought I think he it was like a money thing like he thought Austin was more marketable blah 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 you know well Austin's Something always like Austin's always gonna be marketable when he's not in alliance with anybody if that makes any sense yeah like. We all know how this turns out, like what it does, and like it's like a hindsight thing. We shouldn't have done this this way. But he still made something out of it. Like there were segments, especially with Kurt Angle, that were hilarious. He was fucking funny when he was doing that shit with Vince. Mm-hmm. Like, like back then, nobody wanted to see it. That that was like the problem. Is like nobody wants to see him hang out with Vince McMahon. Like he and, was like they were having a hugging contest and shit. Yeah, and then like that weird shit where it's like in the invasion, Austin was leading WCW, the fucking company that like fired him with from a FedEx package or some shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, kind of, kind like, of, sorry to cut you off, but kind of a si- kind of a side note from that uh, him being with WCW, I still remember um, before he went with WCW, the the uh, the other team and stuff. So Stone Cold is, you know, still being heel, and, like, he upset Vince McMahon, and, like, Stone Cold was upset, and he was drinking at a bar, and Vince came to visit him at the bar, and <laughs> Vince goes, I want I the-, the old Stone Cold back. I want the old Stone Cold back. <laughs> and then, like, later on in Raw, like, you see the pickup truck pull up, like, speeding and shit. And fucking Stone Cold comes out of the car, uh, the pickup truck with a crowbar or a uh, tire iron and starts knocking out everybody. (laughs) 
throughout the arena until he gets to at the end and he just starts you know jr goes nuts but uh yeah that was a weird time seeing stone cold as heel it was but like looking at hindsight right now i'm kind of happy it did because it didn't work out but it was still something to see yeah it was it was different it was something different for him to do. Mm. um what else I got to say about this match? It felt like a fucking fight the whole time. Yes, and the commentary was, was like really awesome. Yeah, this was like a super intense match. Uh, let's see. Uh, I like the sharpshooter spots they were doing. Mm-hmm. And then like when Austin had the blood, it was like just like at WrestleMania 13. Rock still does a shitty sharpshooter, but whatever. Yeah, his was kind of shit. I think Austin did it better. Like, mm-hmm. he looked unfamiliar with the hold, but I still think he did it better. Yeah. <laughs> and then Austin puts on the Million Dollar Dream. Yes. <laughs> and then Rock uses Bret Hart's turnbuckle counter from Re- from Survivor Series 96 to get out of it. Well, no, the Million Dollar Dream. Did you hear JR go fucking nuts, by the way? Dude, oh, that- what, what'd you say? Cut out there for a sec. I said, did you see JR go fucking nuts at a way when they, he did the Million Dollar Dream? He's like... He hasn't done that in a while. Yeah, because he hasn't. <laughs> but I, that was a cool thing for me. Was like I recognized, oh, that's the that's the finish from Survivor Series '96. Except he kicked out of it that time. Yeah. <laughs> um, stunner. He hits he hits the stunner on Austin for a two count. Mm-hmm. And I think Rock. I think he tries to rock bottom him, and I don't think he hit it. No, he got countered or something. Yeah. Then then Vince comes out. And then Rock does a people's elbow. And then when he tries to cover Austin, he drags Rock off of him. And he's like, what the fuck? I think he actually says, like, what the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) And then he chases Vince around. And then Austin hits him with a rock bottom that time for two. And these near falls are getting so close. And everybody's blowing up on all these near falls. Yeah. It's like everybody's going apeshit for this match. And And then they team up. What's funny is, like, when Vince comes out and he breaks up the rock, I think the mindset of the crowd is, yes, Vince is now face. Did it feel like that? Because people weren't booing. I didn't see any boos that were happening when Vince did that. Did you notice that? No, I noticed uh, early on in the match that whenever the rock got offense on Austin, he got booed. Yeah. Uh, And... I think part of that was, yeah, they were in Houston. It was Texas, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think they were just cheering because he was helping Austin, honestly. <laughs> that's all it was. Yeah, and I, I know that's not what Vince was going for. Um, yeah. Like, if they all had headsets on and hearing JR uh, do the commentating for that, <laughs> where JR just goes, I thought I knew this, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah they do they do more shit to rock after they team up though and he keeps kicking out everything mm-hmm. and then Austin's just like i don't know what the fuck to do so he finally just grabs a chair and beats the living shit out of him with it and that gets him the pin mm-hmm. and i was like hey that's a different finish right there i mean he puts over the rock in a way where it's like he had to beat him up with a chair to take him out he needed a bunch of help and weapons to beat The Rock because The Rock didn't really use weapons that much. I think he hit him with that ring bell one time, mm-hmm. and 
there might have been like a post spot or something, but The Rock did not really use any weapon. You know what I hate about The Rock? What he does when he uses a weapon, especially like a belt or like a uh, a bell, is when he hits it, he does like this throwing motion, but then he like drops it. Have you always noticed that? Yeah, he makes it look like he really overdoes the shot. It's like, wham, and he kind of stumbles a bit, and it like he drops whatever it is he used. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I didn't really that never really bugged me. I just thought that was his way of doing it. it makes hits his spin on it. It's like he has butterfingers. Like, oh god. <laughs> I think what yeah, I think what he's going for is he he swings so hard. It's like he overdid it. Like, yeah, is what he's trying to portray. I think. Um, but Jay. Yeah, Oh, go ahead. But JR's selling of that moment, like, it gave me, my hairs stood up when it was happening. Because it's like, it's like, holy shit, like, I actually feel like Austin is betraying JR. Like, he's not betraying the fans. He's betraying only, only JR. <laughs> I thought I knew this man. I thought I knew this man. I was his friend, damn it. And doesn't Paul Hammond go, stone cold, stone cold, stone cold. Yeah, all of a sudden, like, yeah, Paul Heyman was all about Stone Cold. Yeah. And then, yeah, JR says Austin is shaking hands with Satan himself. That fucking <laughs> shit was amazing. <laughs> and Paul Heyman says he wasn't kidding about this either. This is a moment that will be talked about for years to come. And he's not, he's not wrong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> for however, what, however you want to look at it. <laughs> and I'm remembering the, um, the the raw after mania i believe he did go out and he was just stone cold as heel is weird because he's like i didn't really care about you guys at all or something like that it's just like a typical heel promo yeah the bury the fans thing yeah so that's all i remember of that um yeah all that stuff aside with like uh, how his heel turn goes and everything this match is incredible there's a ton of intensity and it just draws you into the match more. Mm-hmm. And I wrote, this is probably the best WrestleMania main event match. So what'd you rate it? I gave it a 9.5 out of 10. I gave it the same score, 9.5 out of 10. Cause I was really racking my brain when I, when I thought that. And I was like, what are the other main events of just the last match on WrestleMania? Like, think about that. Yeah, I can't think of one besides this one uh, of having a really, really good match. Yeah, and I'm like, this might be it, man, for real. Because what sucks about the Daniel Bryan win when he wins it, like, it's a good feeling, but, like, you kind of see it coming in a way because, you know, he beats fucking Batista and Randy Orton, then he gets to Triple H. Oh, no, no, it was the other way around. He beats Triple H to get to Randy Orton and Batista. Like... I don't know. I feel like if it was just one match with Daniel Bryan and him winning, uh, it would be really, really fucking cool. But I don't know. Yeah, I agree. I I got what they were going for. They're trying to make him look more underdoggy, but like it was the way they executed it could have been better. Mm-hmm. I still liked it, but yeah. Yeah. Um. So final notes for this. Uh, I wrote. I love JR and Paul Heyman as commentators. I wish I saw more of that. Um, um, I think they did that on Raw for a while. Uh, while while King was away, I think so. Because the 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 chemistry was really really good. 
Yeah, it was. And like I, the funny thing is, I don't ever remember Paul Heyman being on commentary like ever. Mm-hmm. Like he might have been a guest commentary in WCW back when he was Paul E. Uh, but I don't recall a moment in ECW where he ever did that uh, or anything. Yeah, I don't know. Um, but I wrote this. Was this the first time like they had like a record breaking? Uh, no, no, probably not. I feel like Pontiac Silverdome, like WrestleMania three, was probably one. Yeah, because I was uh, like ninety three thousand fucking people. Yeah. <laughs> um, the Superdome, brother. I just wrote Attitude Era was fucking amazing. It was it, it look and like oh don't get me wrong either I, like I love that period of time, but it's not all amazing. No. And this is like one of the better examples of it, like when it's good and when everything works really well. And some people are more harsh about some of the things that aren't as amazing. Like, oh yeah, you know that Brett, the APA match and fucking right sensor was kind of sloppy. Mm-hmm. People like back then always tried to pretend though that the matches were shit in the Attitude Era. And on TV, yeah, they might be real short or something, but the pay-per-view matches is like what nobody talks about. Mm-hmm. Like they don't mention like all the rock when Rock and Triple H had an awesome ladder match at one time, or uh, Undertaker and Stone Cold at SummerSlam '98. Well, uh, what I liked about the Attitude Era and also the Ruthless Aggression Era is every time they ended SmackDown or Raw, uh, they always ended on a cliffhanger for me to want to watch next episode. Uh, yeah, yeah, the, the TV was just way more fucking exciting back then. Yeah, and like the PG era and now. It's like they always end it with like a brawl, and they it, it was so generic. It's everything's generic about the ending of the Raws and SmackDowns now. So yeah, it either ends after a match or there's some kind of contrived shit that just happens. Like for example, like uh, just I don't I don't remember if it closed out, but uh, when Stone Cold came out with the beer truck and shit and sprayed everybody, it was fucking amazing. Like. You want to see next week's episode to see what the uh, McMahons and The Rock are going to do to Stone Cold. Or if Stone Cold's going to do more shit that's going to be crazy. Yeah. I don't know, I, give, I give the whole show a 9 out of 10. Yeah, I got... Uh, what else do I got wrote down? This is the end of the show. Or the after show thoughts. Uh, this show so, still holds up so many years later. Mm-hmm. Nothing about it necessarily feels like really awkward or dated in my opinion like you know how like we were talking about 24 like some of that shit and like the 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 playboy bunny mania <laughs> and like stuff like that I'm like i don't feel a little weird watching that uh, <laughs> nothing like that really happened here um two modified classics take place in this show that are still talked about today mm-hmm. uh and then there's a great forgotten Undertaker Triple H match. Mm-hmm. There was no zero celebrity farting around. There was no celebrity involvement in this show. Hey, you're right. And I, I, I felt a point. I felt that I had to make that a point. Uh, this whole show got by on just being about fucking wrestling. I wonder why. Maybe Vince. I don't. I, I honestly don't know. 
Because I think in 2000, they did do something with somebody there. I feel like Arnold, it was somebody was fucking involved in 2000, but it was like they, they still didn't have like a ton of celebrity involved. It was like just a little. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't even remember if anybody was there for 18. Though. No. I don't know. I can't remember. Uh, peak Attitude Era shit, 8.5 out of 10. Oh, shit. Nice. All right, guys. Well, that's uh, the end of our WrestleMania. Um, I do want to say that we're going to be going to the drawing board on what we're going to be doing as far as getting some color because of the pandemic that's happening with Corona. Uh, a lot of the wrestling has been subpar uh, with the no crowd. Um, and eventually, because of the stay-at-home order in Florida where they're taping both SmackDown, or they're taping SmackDown Raw and AEW Dynamite, uh, they actually taped a bunch of episodes, which I think will be a couple of months. I think I think Tony Khan said about three months of taping that we will have as far as uh, episodes. Uh, and after that, there's no more until <laughs> until this pandemic and shit. So I, I guarantee you that we're going to be seeing a lot of reruns uh, with all the wrestling. So we're going to be taking out our creative uh, stance and see what we'll make of getting some color. Um, but if you want to watch more, getting some color, make sure you go to novnetwork.podbean.com. We're also on Spotify and iTunes. If you type in Nerd Review Network, and we also have a website that I haven't updated yet, <laughs> nerdreview.com. And um, what else can I say? We are working on Big Trouble with podcast. We're gonna be doing more gaming, and soon the most anticipated. Nemesis Project episode Resident Evil 5 will be out soon, so keep an eye out for that as well. Yeah. But until next time, everybody, get some color. Bitch. (laughs) Later.